0: you are now listening to the hunter's advantage podcast we preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts The Hunter's Advantage Podcast is powered by Out on a Limb Manufacturing. Out on a Limb is a family-owned company based right here in Oklahoma that makes tree stands, saddle platforms, climbing sticks, and so
1: much more. Christian, I have a quick question. What's that? What bites sound harder, a hippo or an alligator? No idea. It's a trick question. The Ridge Runner 2.0 bites harder than both of them. But all jokes aside, we use these products all across the land on public or private. These help us get into any tree we want and hunt where the deer actually are.
0: Most men go to the grocery store for their meat, but these products help you go to God's grocery store. I have used the Out on a Limb Ridge Runner 2.0 and the Shakar Sticks for the last few years hunting public land bucks, and I've actually shot several bucks out of this setup. If you wanna support the podcast and get some Out on a Limb equipment, make sure to go to outonalimbmfg.com and use code HNTA10 for 10% off at checkout. Once again, if you want to support the podcast, go to outonalimmfg.com and use code H-N-T-A-10 at checkout for 10% off. Now let's get back to the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage podcast. I'm joined by Peyton Carroll and Jake Gillard on this episode. What's going on everybody? Now, <laughs> what I was laughing about beforehand was uh, I saw Peyton's background and it looks so like nice and like a log cabin. And it reminded me of those TikToks where people called him prison Pate. Yeah. At this old house <laughs> where he just had like the cell. It looked like a cell. He had a bed behind him and a white wall. And they were like, Is Peyton in jail? <laughs> <use that?" laughs> dude,
2: I lived in a, uh, yeah, that room was like eight foot by eight foot. And we could barely, I couldn't even like scoot my chair out without hitting my bed. And it was a twin bed. And people were like, Where's your sheets? I'm like, It's not the bed I sleep in, dude. Chill out. Yeah. You,
1: sometimes you'd have clothes on there. Yeah, and, you were in prison because you were still with your ex-wife. So I mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and flip that.
1: <laughs> Moving on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we can edit that out. But I just am <laughs>
2: not keeping it. Dude, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, every, all every all the viewers will think that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, it just reminded uh, me of prison pay. Of your, your yeah, your background is upgraded over the years. Um, but. So, uh, me and Pete just came off of, ai uh, would say eventful is probably an understatement a couple of days, uh, down hunting, uh, in Oklahoma. So what we're going to do on this episode is do a, a hunt talk. So we do a lot, a few different formats of episodes. We have guests on sometimes from time to time, but we really like doing these hunt talk episodes. I think this is the 22nd one that we've ever done. And it's really just what the conversation you'd have with your buddy the week after you get back from a hunt and you guys weren't together. That's exactly what this podcast episode style is. So, Hey, give us a little bit of a background into how, uh, how this trip kind of came about because I've heard that you were maybe had to be convinced to come on this hunt or um, strong armed or maybe there's another word for it, but, (laughs) Did you, did you not want to go hunting this last weekend? Did you have to be convinced to go and and shoot at a deer?
2: It wasn't so much of the not wanting to hunt. It was the, I just got back from a a work trip uh, and yeah, there was a lot of drinking slash fighting slash arguing slash traveling Hungover, so it was more of a, I just kind of want to stay home this weekend. I think we all run into those weekends where you're like, what do you want to do? And it's like, I don't want to do anything this weekend.
0: I don't sin like that. So I wouldn't understand, but I understand what you're saying.
2: <laughs> I was tired and I knew that I only had, the biggest thing was it's a lot of traveling and I'm going to be lucky to get two onsen. Yeah. Um, was pretty much the thing is you know we travel to our lease in a undefined location and it's it's eight hours of traveling just for me. Um probably I don't know how far it is for you, but I didn't know if I wanted and where to where are you located, driver. Carol? Do what?
1: Where are you located?
2: Uh T Town. T Town, Oklahoma. Oh, okay.
0: So anywhere I, in the state your
1: lease could be. <laughs> yeah. I just figured that if you said the city where you're living in, then eight hours round trip people would be like oh i know where that is because it seems like the more stuff we put online people was like hey i know where that's at based off this and i don't know that just- and my
2: rebuttal is well come hunt with us see if you can get it done <laughs>
0: <laughs> we've had yeah. people identify places that we hunt based on like oh i know that road that's a gravel road by a creek is that this and i'm like are you serious? There's and some like
1: next level geo guessers. Have you ever seen that thing on that guy on TikTok that it's like, okay, this rock right, right here looks like Romania. So yes. uh, I want to put it right here and he's within like five kilometers, whatever kilometer is, which I mean, I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, people do that on hunting and they're
0: fairly accurate a lot of the time. But in this case, Carol's at an undisclosed, undisclosed location. Anyways, you were saying,
2: uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was one of those weekends <laughs> where i didn't technically want to that weekend, but I knew it wouldn't take too much convincing to get me out there. Because when uh, when you look at the date on your phone and you're like, oh, we're closing down, it's, it's, it's almost that time to wrap it up. So that's kind of – that had a big pushing point for me to go ahead and go.
1: Was it the wrapping up portion or was it he was daylighting on the camera nonstop?
2: I mean, man, he's been daylighting on camera for a long time. I mean, shoot, I would say, you know, other than the rut um, – if you take two weeks out of the rut, 95% of the days, you know, all together, probably on camera, 70, 75% of the days in daylight. Um, that's daylight <laughs> on camera, yeah. at least one time a day, probably 90% of the days.
1: Yeah, that's ridiculous. So he was a, he was a home deer, some would say.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, I, Christian had the lease before I did. We've had, it, I've been on it for two years and I think Christian was on it for two years, one or two years before me. And you had him since day one.
0: Yeah. So Peyton was going after a particular buck and he's a buck. We named the refrigerator up until like this year. He'd never really had a name. He was, and I'd had him since 2021. I think the, yeah, the summer of 2021. And he was always one of those, you know, Mid 120s, eight points, and he was like he's like a 130 framed eight point, but he like his threes have always been short, and that's always how I've known it's him. Like he had these nubby threes. It's like he was basically a six, and he just added like an inch nub on the ends to make him an eight. So he's always been like that. He was on the lease 2021, 2022, and then this year he was on it like white on rice. And yeah, he was a he's a buck we've been going after, which Peyton had had a you had had an encounter with him in the in the mid part of October, right?
2: I did. It was an encounter. There was there was just no way to capitalize. I pretty much just had to watch that hunt. That was one of those hunts where, from the time I got in the stand till and time till the time I had to get down to go to work. I had 10 deer in front of me of like, it doesn't matter what comes in. <laughs> there's No way I get a shot off. So I just kind of put the camera up and was like, okay, uh, unless just something insane happens, I will just be watching this hunt. So got some good video footage of him, you know, running other deer off the feeder and, and you know, kind of marking his territory. And there's a, there's a big reason we call him the refrigerator because we always said, Oh my goodness. He looks like he's, you know, 220, 230 pound deer. Um, he is. He's every bit of that. Uh, and we'll get into that later. Um, he's not anymore. But anyways, yeah, he was one of those deer that you could, what I was telling Christian is, you could cut the rack off of them. You could cut the rack off every deer, um, just put their bodies out there. When he walked out, you're like, that's him. That's how big he is. This thing, he, he, he is big.
0: Well, he's almost like a different color than all the other deer. Like he's a dark, he's almost like a milk chocolate color. His coat's different. He when he the video footage, so I found that there's
1: dark chocolate like that is, or no. They were actually
0: kind of light the last time. That yeah. the yeah. I think they're fairly light. Uh no, he's just a real dark chocolate. And I finally got to look at the footage that Peyton got in October of him. And I pulled it up on my computer and his body so the six by seven was the biggest body deer I'd ever shot and I ever seen on that place. And he was two thirty field drive or sorry, two thirty live weight. And the refrigerator is bigger than that. Like, so he
1: was, so he's a meat hunters, like trophy buck. Basically.
0: If you're going to the processor and you're like, Hey, do this whole deer and ground meat. He is your dream <laughs> of a deer. Cause they're going to be like, here's a hundred pounds. And you're gonna be like, there's no way you're like, no, there is a way that, that, that quarter weighed 50. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a yeah, meat hunters awesome. dream. I mean, he's big framed too. He's just not a scorer, you
1: know? Yeah. Like, well, I've heard you guys talk about him like on previous podcasts and stuff. And of course you guys show so many like good bucks that I'm like, heck I'd shoot that one. But obviously you guys have a lot more bigger deer, uh, down there. But, uh, what, what made him not be on the hit list? I know Carol, you said you might've got a crack at him, but there's too many deer in the way. Like, but he was also that deer that you said was that was on the camera, at least 90% of the time and daylighting at least three fourths of those times. So, what made what made him i guess get the pass rather than the others
2: yeah at the time you know we i think we talked about it last uh last podcast is we didn't have the rut that we thought we would um the rut is kind of what kept me kept me from shooting him because on our lease we we kind of have a special agreement where we're only allowed one deer um per person so it's kind of hey you know pick and choose of do i want to take him and possibly 150 inch you know five and a half year old 10 point come out even an eight point because it's possible um in there um so it's just kind of do i want to shoot 115 120 inch deer you know we don't know what what he'll score it's one of those that if he went 127 i'd be like oh cool if he went 115 it's like oh all right i understand mm-hmm. but yeah. The rut was kind of the hope of what can we bring in? What will we see? And then after that rut kind of disappointed, I was pretty disappointed in the rut there. Now that's with the cameras. I didn't get to hunt the rut, um, very much, but you, you know, you don't get the whole picture. There could be 20 other deer running behind the camera, not mm-hmm. stopping at the feeder. So as far as picture wise during the rut. Now I say that we had a lot of good deer during the rut. 80% of them were broke.
1: 80%. So you guys didn't have like, like just an absolute swamp donkey come through. Obviously you had Mr. Next year in there, which if you're a previous uh, listener to the podcast, then I'm sure you've heard of uh, the deer named Mr. Next year. Y'all didn't have like any, any of those giant caliber deer come through in November because in years past, Christian, uh, you said that you haven't really had cameras out there past like the beginning of November. And so this was basically the first full season where you're kind of uh take an inventory on everything that's moving through this property. So is that kind of what you expected out of the trail cam movement or were you expecting maybe a little bit more?
2: So there wasn't, I wouldn't say there's not any, you know, Christian's deer that he ended up harvesting came in. I, he was more pre-rut. I want to say what date? what day did you shoot him on? I don't remember.
0: The 30th of October.
2: Okay. Yeah. He was a little more pre-rut. Uh, that was our
0: best weather we got all season.
2: Yeah. That, that
1: was, <laughs> Still to this day. Yeah.
2: yeah. That was pre-rut. It's also tough to tell, you know, what we expected from seeing what we saw in October and, you know, before season, it was like, oh man, during rut, we're going to get a bunch of new big deer, but it's also hard to tell. Cause like I said, I'm not exaggerating 80% of our deer were broke. I mean, we had two deer that, Hey, these could be one fifties, but we don't know they're missing, you know, what did they grow on this side? We don't know. Cause if it's identical, he would be 150. Um, so,
1: so do you think it, since you're seeing all those, all those deer, uh, with like busted up racks and stuff, do you, do you guys try to rattle in there any, because normally in a normal situation, like for me, I always try to steer away from rattling, especially, I mean, in, in high pressured places, but your area seems to be unique where pressure is, uh, somewhat limited. And so therefore like you could probably get away with the rattling. And then, you know, that next clue, seeing all those busted racks, like, i mean did you guys even try any of that this year
2: i didn't because i never really had a time where i'm like i'm desperate (laughs) i've got to throw a hail mary i've never had a a, you know sitting out there where i'm like man i'm not seeing anything at all um i will say pre-rut what i was telling christian a few weeks ago is i was hearing fighting you know i think like uh, Around October thirtieth, somewhere around there, you know, maybe a week before, I watched a deer chase a doe off hard. I heard, you know, a full. I sat there for a full week and almost every single day watched bucks do scrapes, watch bucks fight, um, or heard fighting and all that. So they're very active in there. So maybe I made a mistake by not rattling. I don't know,
0: but how much louder was the fight than you thought a deer fight would be?
2: It's vicious. It's very, very vicious, but I've, I've heard deer fighting before. So (laughs) speaking of the rattling, I've been on public land and hear some people rattle and I'm like, you have never heard a deer fight. When I literally, when I, so I got the, I actually have your old sticks, Christian. I will literally grab those sticks and they're broke now, but I will slam them against the tree. I will slam them as hard as I can against the tree and then I'll rattle them. And then I've seen people actually have string on their rattling horns. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that where they'll bump them down in the leaves and stuff or hit tree limbs with them and all that. But
1: Yeah, Josh Bomar's great-grandpa. Invented rattling. Yeah, he actually invented that (laughs) technique. So it's kind kind of funny you mentioned it. You might have heard of it, (laughs) rattling.
3: <laughs> uh.
2: Yeah, but rattling—it's it, awesome for people that actually haven't heard a deer fighting. It's not what you think. It's not the—it's like no, take two two by fours and hit them as hard as you can. That's the first initial hit.
1: Well, that's that's, that's that. kind of what I feel like people kind of miss out on too, because and or before we talked to like uh, Bronson Strickland and 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 all those gurus, it's like try to the image that the outdoor television tried to give you was paint, paint a picture for the deer. Like, like they're just like humans basically. And so I experienced that this, this year on our ruckation, when, when we were down there hunting on public, there was a guy that was, could be no more than 200 yards from me. I actually know he wasn't no more than 200 yards from me because the day before I walked past past the stand. And so I set up where I bumped that, that deer. And then, uh, I don't know, 30 minutes after daylight, I, you hear burp. and then five (laughs) seconds later ching 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 ching." and it was nice and clean just like you know just your typical you know just uniform exactly rubbing the antlers together and then he like and then i was done but he did that like every 30 minutes trying to paint a picture now i've never heard like what what you've heard like uh them really getting down to the nitty-gritty but i've seen it on youtube and uh so yeah it wasn't same.
2: It doesn't matter how good or how hard you can. You can't imitate how, like, it's, they're fighting, like, it's almost like a fight to the death, and you're up there just, like, hitting it. Like, even when I hit it against the tree, I'm like, that's as good as I can get.
1: How long did that fighting last that, that you heard?
2: Man, it, actual fighting, it's only a few seconds, I would say, like, 10, 15 seconds. It stopped, and it would, bam, go back at it. Like, they were deer, they were deer for sure fighting. Did I watch them? no. One minute after I had two bucks that were cut up, come running in, you know, gasping for a breath and then one chase the doe off. So, and also the cool thing about us is, you know, Hey, there's nobody hunting, you know, as the crow flies, probably what, three quarters of a mile, but that's best case scenario. So no one's around, um, to even hear that finding It's also in the oxbow where I'm like, well, that's on us. So if somebody's mm-hmm. in there doing it then they're trespassing.
0: I, I've learned why people cut the eye guards off their rattling antlers, because <laughs> hey, if yeah. you try to hit them hard, you can't do it. Like I've seen them get hit together so hard that sparks are it look, like, you're like quenching your eyes. you think like antlers going to break and come off? And when you hold antler like dense bone like that, you realize how much force it takes to break a point off. That is insane force.
2: That's yeah. Last time point. I was hunting on family land, I actually broke. I took my rattling set and broke broke the rattling set that I had both horns cause I was hitting them so hard, but I had two bucks come in doing it. So it's awesome. The, the prime time example that I have was in Kansas. Um, when we hunted Kansas, that was, I felt so complete cause I got there, I was running late. I was like, I'm going to throw a rattle up. It's the last day. Why not? And that deer came running in five minutes after running in. And I was like, I was not ready for this. So.
0: <laughs> did you call him in with my rattle bag?
2: Yeah, I did.
0: I've been wondering where that was like all season. I keep checking boxes. I'm like, God, where did I put that?
2: Well, I Um, guarantee all those, all the, the the wood pieces are broken there. Cause like I said, I'll grab the string and hit it up against the the tree for that first initial hit sometimes.
0: Well, you owe me an $8 Primo's rattle. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. The refrigerator, I I wanted to talk about like the reason he didn't get shot in 21 was the first sit in there. I shot a buck, that funky buck, never saw the refrigerator. Like I never hunted in there more than one day that year. So he got like he was in there all November, never saw him, never hunted in there. And then the next year, Peyton and I had a really good success, an opening day buck, and then like a buck on the seventh. So we weren't in there the full year after that either. So he just kept getting like fed the, <laughs> fed. Yeah. You can tell he's fed he kept getting the quote unquote pass not by us, but he just, we weren't in there to hunt him. And that's like kind of his core area. So he just by happenstance, I've never seen him on the hoof. And so when Peyton saw him in October, that was the first time he'd ever seen him. And I told Peyton because when you're on a lease with someone, so I'm on a lease with drew, then I'm on a lease with Peyton. Like it's kind of this like eloquent dance of like, would you shoot this buck? And then you kind of gauge your opinion on certain bucks, like based on if the other person would shoot it. Mm
3: -hmm. And so,
0: Peyton was like, would you shoot this buck? And I, so at the time I was getting ready for that recurve hunt. And I said, if he walks by me with a recurve, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to penetrate him because he's so big. <laughs> I was like, but I will stick him as deeply as an arrow will allow. And I'm glad I didn't see him. Cause I would have stuck him as deep as the arrow would have allowed. Like he is a big swamp donkey, mature buck. And I was talking to Jake about that. And in an area where bucks like kind of peak out, like not all of them, but most of them, that the be the meat of that bell curve is, you know, peaking around 150, you have to find like other reasons to shoot a buck just besides the inches. And
1: he is, I a mean, buck, if like, it gives me 150 reasons to, to, uh, shoot him, I'm, I'm not going to pass them. A hundred percent.
0: But, but m- what I'm saying is most of them never get there to mm-hmm. that. So you have to find other characteristics and other things that you like about a deer besides just, oh, is he 150 score? Or, you know, most deer are never going to get over 140. Like, the 120s to 130 range, like, that's the majority of them. So and what's
1: your, like, like extra characteristic that, maturity, that would, like, maturity, Carol? Maturity, body size, all those. Yeah, I
2: mean, maturity and that'd really be the only other reason is why, you know, maturity and why not.
1: Man, I don't know if I'm going to dig myself in a hole cuz I really haven't thought through this the, the next couple words I'm going to say, but like would would obviously antler characteristics, like if it's a funky buck, yes, like obviously, but what about what about frame like framiness on a deer? Like I know I know we we discussed like the presence of the deer and all that stuff, but like yes, that could be mixed with maturity levels because uh I mean if it's a five and a half year old deer and it and it doesn't score that well but it basically mr next year i mean not mr next year uh the refrigerator that you're talking about i think he's the perfect example of what i'm trying to describe here because i think you're, you're you guys are downplaying him a little bit because whenever you guys were sending me uh some uh some pictures of him, i'm not gonna get too detailed on it because we're gonna get to that but from a downward angle i was like that's a big deer that's a very big deer so and just yeah. just frame wise and i'm thinking like Okay, yeah, maturity level is nice, but what about those guys that you know that are gonna grind it out on public and it's just like, okay, you don't know if he's two and a half or he could be seven and a half. Like you don't know, but I mean that that characteristic of framiness, like I would I, I think I would shoot all day long, regardless of age.
0: If a 20 inch wide buck comes in and his tines are two inches long, I'm gonna be like, You did it. What mean? <laughs> like
1: that's just when a deer
0: walks in and Framiness is almost something that Trump scored. Like that big eight that that he Carol was going after, that mm-hmm. big wide one that was I say twenty oh, very yeah. lightly. I say twenty very lightly. I think this deer was twenty inches wide. And that buck was probably upper one thirties. Not the
1: biggest eight point that has ever existed, but probably the biggest one of the bigger frames I mean, that a I've one th- seen on an eight point. A one thirties eight is is massive in my book. But so, okay. So just a little bit of a side note, it's going to be a little off topic, but, uh, let's say you're on public or maybe, maybe it's December or January on your private piece. Now this private piece, let's say you don't have any rules or whatever. And it's a deer that maybe the tallest tine is maybe five to six inches, but that thing has a spread of like 18 to 19 inches. Are you taking it on public? Okay, I think public would be too easy of a cop out. Yeah, so I was gonna say like go. I don't yeah. understand not, the let's go with of this question. <laughs> let's go with your private piece. Let's go with your private piece. Obviously, there's bigger ones in the area, and there could be a bigger one. But you know, you, if you get one that's that's 18, 19 inches wide, that's a very wide deer. And then it's like, oh, you know, oh no, the the, the tallest time is only six inches. Well, what's the what's the probability those times are going to you know just grow significantly? You know what I mean?
0: In my mind, they're growing the second I see them. I don't know. Like, if a buck catches you off guard, like, if a real nice framey 8-point, let's say 130-inch yeah. 8-point runs in, I'm like,
3: get the bow, get the bow, get the bow. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm
0: like, I don't, yeah. I'm not going, I think he's 132 instead of 138 and a half. Like, yeah. he's not meeting my goal of 140 inches. No, I'm going to be like.
3: <laughs> <laughs> get missed.
0: Yeah. No, I'm I'm going to freak out in that situation and be like. I'm happy with him. Why do you know you're happy with him? Because I got pumped up when I saw him.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I had a perfect example of that when that new eight point came in. Um, I don't think I got any video footage of him, but he was like, I think, right on the line of 130 where I'm like, I'd shoot him. I can't, but I would shoot him.
0: Oh, the – why
2: couldn't you shoot him? (laughs) He was the one that came in after fighting, and then I, I had 10 deer around me. I, that was that one where I called him. I'm like, dude, I was going to shoot him. He gave me a perfect shot. He was like 15 yards, but I legitimately had 10 deer around me, and I would scare every single one of them off.
0: That that doesn't make any sense, though, because if he's at 15 yards, like you could just pick up your crossbow like you had in your lap <laughs> <Yeah. lab laughs>
1: and just shoot. What's hard about that? Point and <laughs> shoot, baby. Talk,
2: just, it's, easier
1: it's than awesome. probably taking a piss, you know what I mean? Like You just point and shoot. It's like riding a bike, Carol. Right, <laughs> let me show you right here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Right
3: here.
2: <laughs> yeah. Off topic. I I literally had a shower thought literally today of if I had a crossbow and hunted with a crossbow for the last three or four years, I would have a stacked house. <laughs> oh,
1: <dear. laughs> We've talked about that. Just just myself. <laughs> I would have, a have a to. Christian would just off public probably have probably two as well. And then you're, you're seven in twenty twenty, and then obviously you'd have. Oh, what's his name? Paddles, and then there's No, no,
2: no. See, here's the thing. Here's what I thought about. There's one deer in my life. There's one deer in my life that I would not get if I would have had a crossbow, and that is paddles. I wouldn't have killed him if I had a crossbow. Because I I would have taken that that same shot. I would have taken that same shot. Now, maybe I would have probably got more penetration. Maybe I would have got it out that front left shoulder, right? But... I would have taken. I would have done the same. I'm pretty sure they got X-ray
1: vision on those scopes now, where you can like literally see the heart pump, and you're just like, all right, in there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was the it's one like, year in my life where I'm like, yeah, I probably wouldn't even if I had a crossbow been able to pull that off.
1: I mean, like, I think a- you would have just because like you hit it in the butt, and that thing probably would have blew through the neck. So yeah. it's like it's a cross gun, on a, baby on a,
0: con- on a controller, <laughs> and just settles back in. Could have. No. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so the fridge, you, that dude, we hadn't seen the refrigerator in probably, it'd been a couple weeks at least, maybe longer than that. There was a big block where we didn't see him and we assumed like, okay, yeah, he's big and mature. He probably got away and got shot. And then he showed up last Monday. So a little over a week from now. And I told Carol, so I was trying to convince Carol to come to the least to shoot does. And I'm like, I probably wouldn't make the, the drive myself to shoot does. So I understand if you don't want to come to shoot does. And like the day we have that conversation, the refrigerator shows up and I'm like, Oh nice. He's back. And then that evening he shows up and I'm like, sweet. Like this is good ammunition. I'll definitely be able to entice Carol. And then it's like morning, evening, morning, evening, morning, evening, morning, evening. He did that like six, seven days in a row. But one thing we noticed about him when he showed up this last time was the dude's the dude has a hematoma like a balloon in his stomach, and I've sent that to several people. They think it's a hernia.
1: So what you said that deer's broke as well, right?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes, he is. He's broke his brow tie and the end of his main beam. So So really, like a five point at this point, I think, I don't know what he is. Do you I, think he could have got
1: stabbed while he was fighting. And uh, it's just like a puncture wound or something. Get that that would be my guess. Up?
2: Yeah. That I don't know.
1: Or shot.
0: Like that's yeah. another great, good, good. Like. Yeah. Shot multiple times now. So, I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I really think sure. that either a shot or a stab, one of the two, but I, when I say it's a basketball, it's legitimately like, looks like a small watermelon. And. I think it's gotten bigger too. It, it it looks like he's like cut open and he's just hanging half of his guts right there and it's just like filled up into a big I thought leg. it was on his shoulder. No, it's on his back in between his it's on it's his stomach. His
2: belly now it's uh, so droopy down that it's hanging out from the bottom of his belly. So
1: it looks it actually like he's pregnant. It
2: literally looks like he's pregnant with the with the fawn inside. So it me. actually
1: could be his guts. It, like it could be. be. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that sucks.
0: So that was even another reason. He shrunk up a little bit in the body. I would say more than a little bit. So I, I was like, oh, he shrunk 30%. And then you, Jake, were like, no, he's still got a pretty big body. And then I watched Carol's footage from October and I was like, oh no, no, He shrunk
1: a lot. Like a lot, a lot. I mean, to be fair, a small bodied deer down there is probably bigger than anybody I've ever seen in my life.
2: Yeah, he's he was uh he was big. It was crazy to see how big of a body when I first saw him in October with how big his body was on those, like his legs looked like pencils with how big his body was.
0: When you say refrigerator, he literally looks like somebody took a refrigerator and put it on like four little stands and like laid it
1: on its side. So basically his legs look like just an oversized Corgi. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I've been using the new Exodus
0: rival cell camera for the last couple months and I have found a beautiful mainframe 8-point with tons of stickers to go after this fall. One thing I do appreciate about Exodus trail cameras is all of the cameras share the same data plans. you only pay for what you need. A lot of cell cam companies charge you for HD pictures. I've seen prices of $5 for 50 HD pics. Exodus is going to give you unlimited HD pictures right to your phone, which is awesome when you're sitting there in the middle of the summer and it's 100 degrees and you just want to binge a bunch of trail cam photos.
1: If you're looking for a solid cell camera with great performance and a five-year no BS warranty, Go check them out. So as we all know, hunting gear is something people can make way too complicated. Arrows can be the exact same way. Instead of going down all those rabbit holes, trying to sift through the endless information that's online and you're not really sure if it's right or wrong, Exodus makes it simple to get the right arrow for your exact setup.
0: So go online to the Exodus Arrow Builder. It takes less than a minute. You're going to enter your draw weight, your draw length, and how heavy of a point you're shooting. And it's going to be that simple. Let the guys at Exodus take care of the rest.
1: So if you're interested in Exodus Rival cell cameras or a new set of their MMT arrows, just go to exodusoutdoorgear.com and use code HA15 for 15% off. Anything on the website.
0: Once again, that is ExodusOutdoorgear.com. Use code HA15 at checkout for 15% off. Now let's get back to the podcast. All right. So
1: I got this. Uh, I got this pulled up. Is this him in October?
0: This is October
1: 16th. So there still looks to be foliage on the trees.
0: So which one's him? Uh, I would say the, <laughs> the back one. <laughs> you would you would say correctly. That's a good example because there's a, probably a three year old standing Jesus next Christ. to him.
1: Look at the fat hanging off the. I don't think. <laughs> I think his rack's a little bit bigger than you guys think. I think he has such a big body that that it. it I mean, it just dwarfs, dwarfs his rack his a little rack. bit. Yeah. Damn, you so guys. That's- three good bucks and one little clip. Oh,
0: there's another one to
1: the side. See that? Yeah. I think, I think what needs to happen next year is you guys let me on this lease as well. So that way, just, just for podcast purposes. (laughs) So whenever you guys say, Hey, do you remember that one buck? I can be like, yeah, I remember. And not just act like I know which ones you're talking about. That's a good idea. Look at that deer standing next to a three-year-old. You're right. His, his, his color and everything just completely different.
0: Do you see, uh, like it's like a, I don't know if that's what happens when they mature on the color, but look at look at the presence.
2: He's like, no. yeah, that one said,
1: "Piss
0: off." <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: That's, that's the deer that came in with them the other day, right there. Those two.
0: They're obviously still buddies. Yeah. He's a
1: good deer too.
2: Yeah, I wanted to shoot him so bad. I saw him almost every morning, and I'm like, man. Uh-huh.
1: Deer are just so freaking beautiful. Like
2: I'm moving the camera around because my muddy camera arm is at an angle and it's not tightened. So it just swivels down. So I'm literally having to hold the camera. And I'm like, well.
3: Oof.
0: I can tell this deer can tell too. No,
1: he just yep. smelled that 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 poop incident from from
2: back. Look at him right there. Look at him. Back it up just a tad. Them little pencil legs holding that big body up.
0: Yeah. So there's a there's a look at the at the refrigerator. <sighs> so to say he's lost some body mass is an under I think that's an understatement. <sighs> so anyways, you uh you went down there to hunt him Carroll. Uh you got in when Saturday evening?
2: Yeah, like three o'clock, I think. Right on yeah. three o'clock. Uh, well.
0: While you were doing that, I took my neighbors hunting here on some Texas public, uh, took them on. Hell, I don't even want to say how many acres this place was because it's like one of the only places you can deer hunt. (laughs) So I took them on a multi-thousand acre place. and uh,
1: Three thousand.
0: Yeah, there were 16 people hunting this place. And I slept in the parking lot the night before, like just because hotels are $90 and that's whack. So I slept in the parking lot the night before in the bed of my truck and I was like, man, this isn't bad. Nobody did they do up. the same. Did junior you neighbors no, just kind of they they got a hotel room. <laughs> oh, it was my neighbor and his son. And, uh, they like at five 30 and the first truck shows up. I'm like, dang, okay, there's someone else in here and this is not a very big place. So like one other person can mess you up. So we kind of talked and it was these two brothers and they were like, yeah, uh, you know, like we saw a guy on our cell cam the other day dragging a doe out. I was like, okay, that's like, that's good to know. There's at least deer here. And uh, they went in there and hunted. And by the time I picked my neighbor up at the front of the gate, there was like seven other trucks where we were hunting. And a lot of them had mm. multiple people. Yeah. One guy ended up driving. We sit down 800 yards in there. A guy ended up driving his truck down the fence line, 25 yards from us, like a thousand yards past where you can drive in the parking lot. So it's. I remembered why I don't hunt Texas public land. Anyways, I stopped doing that, and I uh I met Carol up there Saturday.
2: You're night. a good hunter because I would have shot his tires.
0: <laughs> you think so?
2: <laughs> Probably would have ducked ducked me though. Didn't <laughs> make me. Didn't make me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you went up Saturday. I know you 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 weren't planning on having very many sits, obviously, because when you go up there on a Saturday, you know you're pretty. Yeah. No, I sits. was.
2: I was firm. I had to get back Sunday evening. Um, so I knew like, I've got like, if I would have went down, you know, Sunday morning, it would have been like, I have Sunday morning. I, I, I had Saturday evening and Sunday morning and I was just being firm no matter what happened. Like, Hey, I have to leave midday, uh, Sunday.
0: Um, so, no so you got happened. in the stand Saturday and walk us through the series of events that happens Saturday.
2: <laughs> I don't want to, but I guess I will. um i get there saturday at about three um like we talked about i'm a refresher on the cell cam of what am i walking into um you know 10 minutes before i get there there was a a young buck in there um i'm like "Eh." i haven't seen that deer i don't think before then but uh, he looked like an okay deer to where like he's not a shooter but he looked okay but he ended up uh leaving he wasn't on camera for 10-15 minutes so i went ahead and walked in and i mean i wasn't there for 15-20 minutes and had a few deer come in nothing of size you know we have one deer that's like an eight point um he's a basket rack but he is there every single day every day i've never hunted there and not seen him um so he was there um saw a few other deer didn't see any doe i didn't see any doe at all but i probably saw five around five bucks before the refrigerator showed up
0: Okay, so he walks in, and does he resemble anything of what you remember from October?
2: I knew, so I'm a firm. I knew I was shooting him, so my goal is to not sit there and look at him because I will get, I will shake the tree. I will get so nervous. I hear you, uh, brother. I'm a firm believer of shooter. Yes. All right. Grab your bow. What's What do we do? What do we do here? You know, go through all your steps. I don't sit there and acknowledge him. Of I see him coming in. I saw him, so I'm like, all right, he's coming to the feeder because he he comes every single day. So I saw him. Got the camera on him. I knew my very first initial thought is he doesn't look good. Um, he's lost weight. Of yeah, he's he doesn't look 100. So. I get the camera on him and I go through all my you know checklist of wait till he's broadside no matter what this time <laughs> wait till he's broadside he played a little a, a little games with me of he was behind a tree limb because we we really got to shave the tree down a little bit uh, we have a limb right there in front of in front of the feeder where they kind kind of have to get right in the middle or on the left side of it um, to take a shot. So, I had a minute or two where the nervousness started to kick in, of like my heart's pounding. I don't have the shakes yet, but I'm like, I can feel my heart uh, pounding. But he finally gave me um, what I thought would have been the ideal shot. I uh, took my time, wanted to go through pretty much everything. The one thing that I didn't really mind was his head was down when I went to shoot him. Um, For me personally, my thought process is, hey, this deer, he's been in here for three years, he's eating, he's comfortable, Um, it's 25 yards, so I should be good to go. So he gave me a perfect broadside shot. Um, I don't, one thing that we talked about is I don't ever really aim low on a deer. I kind of go for that just honestly, ever since we switched our arrow setup, I'm going to shoot him in the shoulder, Um, that's what I'm going to do. Um, not really in the dead middle of the shoulder, but I'm going to, I'm not afraid to hug the shoulder is what I'm, I'm trying to say. Like I'm not shooting for the shoulder plate, um, went ahead and drew back. And at this point, you know, I've gotten to where I'm very comfortable with the bow in my hand. Um, I shot a lot in the off season, so I'm not all over the place. You know, I've got my side on them. And my first initial thought is dead deer because i'm comfortable i'm in i'm in a safe place now to where you know a few years ago i'd be shaking i'd be breathing hard i there's no telling i'd pull the trigger and pray um don't do that anymore so i'm in a comfortable wait you guys quit doing that (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm like i might be too comfortable like as crappy as that sounds i might be too comfortable with myself now and that might be my problem
1: you just wait you just wait because a few years ago i was that exact same way where it's like oh i don't get nervous or the shakes or anything until until after i release the arrow and then it like just comes flooding in i used to be like that and i don't know what changed it was just like like a flip of the switch and then now it's like i see a good deer and i'm just like like i'm having trouble like knocking my release on the d loop just because i'm like i'm i'm shaking so bad
2: yeah. No, I, I definitely get nervous, but I used to, you know, on my shot used to get up and just be like, I'm all over the place too. Cause I can't sit still and I'm shaking. But like I said, I'm a lot more comfortable, but anyways, um, go through all my checklists and have it right, you know, on his shoulder, um, pretty much and release the arrow. And first initial thought was let's go. You know, as soon as I pull that trigger, I'm like, I didn't pull it. I didn't do anything like it felt good. Um, watched the arrow, not physically, just sit there to watch my arrow. But saw where the arrow hit. Um, instantly thought, ah, I shot him high. And I'm just like, you know how you just like sit there and you're like, what? How could that be? Like, what? What did I do wrong? Everything felt so good because I don't sit there and watch. You know, I'm watching the target, but at the same time, I'm not trying to shoot and then see where my arrow goes. I'm shoot, hits. All right, what happened? Um, saw so that I shot him high, and I'm so confused at this point of like, I don't really ever shoot high. You know, I might be at 25 yards, an inch to the left, an inch to the right, especially on a target, maybe an inch low, because I'm getting tired and drop my bow, but I don't shoot high a lot. Um, hardly ever. So at that point, I'm flooded with the motions of I don't think he's gonna die. Um, but we'll see. So this deer he runs off and he stops, and I'm like, okay. Um, let me go back a little bit. The arrow, I didn't get a complete pass through, um, shish kabob them. Um, half the arrow was in one side, half the arrow is on the other. So that's what I did have going for me is okay. I have two holes, but unfortunately, how
1: high in the shoulder did you hit? You think
2: I didn't hit the, I didn't hit the shoulder. He, it wasn't, It's was three, four inches higher than the shoulder. So it was perfect three four inches left higher,
1: and right. higher than the shoulder. You say perfect left and right. So I assume the, when you're talking about left and right, it's right in line with that with that V you say, right up the
2: front leg. Yeah, okay. right up the front front, and it just shish kebabed. It,
1: like, it didn't.
2: I don't. Yeah, don't. It I'm telling you, man. Bogged. I'm telling
1: you, it's there's this little something called the void. Okay, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not no genius, but let me tell you, I've been victim to it. Now, whether it's true or not, I mean, I don't know, but I don't know, man.
2: But I don't know what really happened as far as hey, how did I not get a pass through? What, what happened? Now I will say this: a pass-through wouldn't have done anything for me there. I got what I could. I have two holes. Um, it wasn't a good shot for that particular the the arrow broke off, you know, I'm sure very quickly after. But anyways, the deer ran, he stopped, he started to run again, then he stopped. I'm like, all right, he's gonna go down here, and then he took off running again. So immediately in my head, I'm like, well you know crap well i think if i would hit him in the double if i would hit got lucky and hit him in the double he he's dead already mm-hmm. um watched him run off twice i'm like i did not double lung him that is a fact um so i instantly made some phone calls you know call christian was like dude i just shot him. mine <laughs> i don't know he was like well what happened what happened i'm like i don't know how it's possible because i i wasn't in a panic Everything felt good. The arrow I thought flew good, but I don't know. um It's hard to tell. So I went back and I watched the footage. And the first thing I thought, the first thing I watched was how did my arrow fly? um and I was like, well, it looked like it flew good because that was my first question: is why did I not get a pass through? Because my first initial thought is, dude, I hit the spine. I was like, no, if I hit the spine, <laughs> he wasn't running uh, off. Yeah, he wasn't running off if I hit. You'd the be
1: spine. putting another one in him. Is what you would be doing.
2: Yeah. So, um, I don't know how I didn't get a pass through. Then my next precaution was, okay, how, why did I shoot high? What, what happens? Like, did, I didn't notice the deer ducked, you know, I didn't watch him duck. That's not what I'm watching. Um, after our really sad arrow. So I went back and after we finally got home to watch the footage and get it back on the laptop, he, with his head down, it's not just a straight down duck, you know, I don't know how to explain it more of a... It's almost like a roll. Yeah, it's kind of a roll duck, and he ducks, he ducks quite a bit after watching the footage of, because we can slow it down to see, okay, put the mouse of where it's going to impact to, you know, where it did impact, or where it impacted to where it would have if he wouldn't have ducked. And I mean, I'm not kidding. What do you think, Kristen? Probably, I mean, every bit of, I would say, five inches, four to five Yeah, inches. at least. So... Yeah, at least of uh, like well you know i at, think a conservative at 25 guy,
1: yards that's, I mean, yeah. that's insane I, I believe it but oh, that just made me think of, of <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> some people are not gonna believe me when i'm like a duck but and i'm like no one believes me when i say hey this deer ducked a lot and i was like how far 25 yards and i'm like yeah yeah i'm like no you're not understanding like
1: i believe it because after after watching enough like like looking back on some footage and stuff whether that be doe kills or whatever just a snap of of like the arrow coming through the air or whatever and if you go frame by frame on on the like the cameras we have you'll see the the arrow flying through the air and on each frame as that thing gets closer i swear the deer just like they just know and it's just like don't think so like it's weird how they do it but they do it but that story you just said kind of reminded me of uh when when jared jared hayes used to hunt with us down where we hunt on public he had this big wide pencil horn deer that we had on camera uh come out in front of him and he said things like at 15 or 19 yards or something like that and completely ducked his arrow and and which kind of shish kebab on on the back strap but his wasn't like in line with the front shoulder his said his was like center mass but uh yeah it, it that's just crazy
0: well you think about it from a uh- From a science perspective, the speed of sound I think is eleven hundred and eighty feet per second. Your bow, like the the fastest compound bow on the market right now, is like three fifties, three sixties,
2: and you're not getting that. You're not even no. And and that's a that's a a three hundred something
0: grain arrow. Yeah. So you're shooting two eighty. Whether you're shooting three hundred fifty feet per second or two hundred eighty feet per second, the deer that's three times the sound is going to get there three times faster than the arrow.
1: I wonder what if if there's like any study about the uh, reaction time because. just stupid scrolling. I was, I was looking on Facebook and the, and it said that the, the reaction time of a snake bite versus like the cat's actual reaction time. Yeah. was like, was like super, super quick. And I just wonder if there's a study done like that on like a deer.
0: I think Grant Woods did. Dr. Grant Woods did one on growing deer TV. I'm pretty sure he did one on YouTube Mm. because he was basically shooting as a person was like dropping a, uh, dropping a bag off of something and seeing the difference between where he was aiming and where it was hit. Like they timed it. I think they pulled it oh, really? the back on like a robot. Yeah. And they like, they made them go together as the thing dropped and they did the cap because he's really, really smart. Obviously, he's a doctor and they calculated like how much a deer is dropping, how the rate at which they're dropping. I'm pretty sure. It's a very interesting video, but it just makes sense. A rifle's going at 223 is going 3000 feet per second. That's 10. That's over 10 times faster than your bow. So think about how not only like your shots are super close, but the sound that you can see it in Carol's shot, you can see it in other shots as the arrow enters the frame. It's like, you can see the second they hear it because as mm-hmm. the arrow hit, like leaves your bow and enters the frame, it's do 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 do. And, there, and he, like Carol's buck had his head down. And I know there's some studies on when their head is down, they can throw it up and it helps pendulum their shoulders down right. quicker. Yeah. And it's just them trying to get out of there. It's them, you know? So I feel like that head down combined with like late season, like I think they're just a little bit more jumpy. They've been through it. Yeah. They've been through it. They've heard gunshots. They probably held this deer might've already been shot once before. There's no, no way to tell, but yeah, it just makes sense with a bow. Like, and then you think about a recurve, a recurve shooting one hundred and fifty, and you are like, "How do you ever kill one with a recurve?" <laughs> like, I, I won't. Yeah, it's question silly. solved. But yeah, you got a lot of things working against you right there. And I don't think the difference between two eighty and, and three hundred is is your problem. Like they're just
3: they're
0: yeah. just that fast. You are talking milliseconds.
1: So y- you release the arrow; it hits high. You see it run off. You are not. You are not really confident in the shot but what's what's going through your mind like are you thinking maybe single lung just because you're shooting on, on a downward angle and even though it's high maybe you maybe you caught the top of that back lung
2: yeah so i went through a lot of thought processes um first thing i always think is well i've seen deer go down over a lot worse of shots and i've you know kind of what grady was saying is i've seen deer not go down over a lot better shots so i'm like mm-hmm. anything you know anything can happen here so obviously i'm like it could have nicked a lung um if i hit a single lung he could he could die you know Uh, i'm not saying that he is going to but he could
1: so i'm gonna stop stop you right there what's your guys take on a single lung hit because i I mean obviously i know none of us are like doctors or anything like that like our highest education is peyton and he has a master's and lord help us but uh (laughs) (laughs) but uh i remember on a on a podcast we did with with the ranch fairy He was talking about those those high lung hits. How a high single lung hit the deer can actually live through it because he was explaining that it wasn't like a balloon where if you just nick it the whole thing pops and clack and collapses on itself. So, um, with that being said, like obviously I take what Ranchberry says like pretty pretty literal. But is you guys kind of agree with that or no?
2: Single lung? I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I don't study deer. I I would have. No, I I would have no That's idea. That's my
0: answer to any question yeah. about woods. I don't study deer brush. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I, I don't
2: know, but it would make sense of like I used to play, I used to know a guy that we used to go to all the OU football games, and he, he only had one lung of hey, if a, he trust me, if a human can survive with one lung, a deer can. That's how I look at it. So
1: well he only had one lung.
2: He only had one lung. We used to go and play catch and stuff, and he had to sit down after running for like <laughs> 10 seconds because he only had one lung, and he couldn't catch his breath.
0: <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> according <laughs> according to Facebook, people can't live without one lung because there was one guy who was like, if you shoot him in the lungs, they F and die, period. And I looked at his profile picture. Let's just
2: say he didn't look like a biologist. Uh, Joe, yeah. Like John Joe. Yeah, one friend. A picture of his
1: truck as his profile picture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like an 87 like shitbox Chevy or, or whatever it is. You're like, okay, dude, calm down.
0: My, my favorite is when people comment and it, you can't decipher what they're saying. Cause it's not English. Like it's like, yeah, right. You,
3: you what, don't what's do the punctuation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they just ramble and they use like, ac- like every letter is wrong. And you're like, okay, I know that was an insult, but I don't know what you said like at all. <laughs> it's kind of worse
1: because you need like a translator. You're like,
0: did it I get think me? those
1: piss me off more just because yeah, it it's like now I, ha- now I now have to take the time to try to decipher this th- these hieroglyphics and then like it's just a time thing it's like I gave this way too much thought <laughs> well, you know when you know when he posted he's like I got him I got him <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like, uh, watch that video.
2: Freaking lawn chair in his living room. Like, got him, got <laughs> him uh, with a in his hand. but like, probably.
1: Again, but. dumb scrolling. But have you all seen that video of of uh that guy? And he's like, I'm a professional, like like uh, uh, crap talker, but for like online forums. And and he says, <laughs> no- nothing makes my day better than knowing I ruined someone else's. And <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's him with like three laptops set up, and he's on like like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and he just like. Like crap talking everybody that's awesome y'all you know, these the people that comment on ours are not those kind of people because they they're not good at it i, I can name a names like out of the top of my memory that i'm just like f that guy
0: yeah the reaper the reaper um, yeah no uh rancher is a respiratory respiratory therapist so kind of knows a thing or two about human anatomy in the lungs and i've actually watched other videos of doctors breaking down the deer anatomy um i'm not a doctor i'm not a biologist but i know there's different lobes of the lungs and so it's not just like a balloon where you poke a pin-sized hole in it and it goes mm-hmm. because if that was the case any deer getting touched the lungs touched would be like oh you just fall over and die and that's just not how it works so like uh, we put a clip out recently and it was ranch Ferry talking about the void and he was basically saying he just thinks that high lung shot, especially a single lung is not that devastating. Like that's just something they can kind of absorb because you only hit one lobe. It's not like it
1: just deflates them like a, like a balloon. How helpless I like the more we do the podcast and like, like talk to people like that, that's it's the more helpless. I feel whenever I'm like having a crappy season and I'm like, Not only am I not seeing a deer, but even if I do see a deer and hit it in the lung, finding that, finding the deer, the deer and like running trail cameras and doing, doing all this other crap is like, it is the majority of it, but still yet it's like that small, you know, 30 second window of you having the encounter and then you letting off shot off. Like that's, it's so demoralizing knowing that like you could do all that just for a non, non non-lethal hit on a deer. Does that make sense? Well, it makes me feel like
0: I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to be perfect to kill this thing. It feels like, like I'm gonna sometimes. have to hit it perfectly. Like there's sometimes you hit them and you hit them in the, I mean, I don't think we've ever hit one on the back hip, but you see people hit them on the back hip and they run over and just fall over and they just die. And there's people you see smoke them pass through and they're like, no, that deer's alive. You're like, what? So I don't know. Um, That's, that's one of the reasons that, I run a heavier arrow is because I want to be able to push towards all those goodies in the front with no avail. Cause I know how hard it is to just kill one. It's so it's not easy. A lot of them just wear it. They wear it proudly. Just take an <laughs> arrow and keep moving. Yeah. They really do. It's when you think about it that way, of
1: how tough they are. I mean, it's discouraging, but anywho. All right, Carol, where were you in your story? So you get back and you were watching the, the, uh, shot back probably 200 times i'd say
2: yeah that's that's how it goes yeah of like uh best case scenario i finally paused it of the deer running away and i was like okay exit doesn't look that bad actually mm-hmm. exit looks um so i'm thinking eh, maybe i hit a, a single lung um i don't know we'll, we'll just have to see so my first thought is where do we even start to look for this thing tomorrow morning makes the most sense called christian and he was like dude you know what you should do you should get a thermal drone and see if this is still alive or not like uh i don't know you know how my to. bank account determined that yeah. was a lie <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of expensive but i thought well looking back especially with paddles i'm like i'm not making this same mistake again i shot him you know i already spent i'm spending to get here and back in gas. So might as well see if I got this deer or not. Mm -hmm.
1: Let's say there's a new listener out there who, who's just now getting into hunting. What made you decide to leave that deer overnight? Because you shot him what Saturday evening and you, you said you're going to go look for him Sunday morning. Why, why exactly did you do that? Like, like what, obviously the shot, but what about the shot made you feel like, Hey, I need to, give it overnight i need to give it a few extra hours before i go out checking looking for it
2: well there's multiple factors i mean the main thing was is it's cold enough so this deer's not going to ruin you know this meat's not going to spoil that's that's the big thing you know if it's 80 degrees it's like ah we have a limited time so we probably still wouldn't be ideal to go check but it depends what your end goal is you know it all depends what your end goal is meat not spoiling another thing was is my confidence level was pretty low of I don't know so why why would I you know why would you go out there and and, and bump this deer especially if it's dark you can't shoot him so if he's not dead you really <laughs> you really shot yourself in the foot really did <laughs> yeah so meat not spoiling and I wasn't confident in the shot so why you know why push
0: yeah he Going after and look, going out and looking for a deer that you don't think is dead is pointless. And mm-hmm. then that, in that situation, like single lung, you're talking at a minimum six hours, probably six hours plus. Yeah. yeah. And and at that point, that's midnight, you know. And then by midnight, you're like, well, what's six a.m. if we're waiting until midnight?
1: Going to be dead then. He's going to be dead later, you yeah. know.
0: And it was right. it was very very cold, so we're like screw it. So I yeah, uh, I, so what? I twisted Carol's arm to get a thermal drone, whatever it was worth it it was really cool to see it work it was awesome to see yeah, it work
2: it it was the guy was super nice um i don't remember his company name give a shout out to john i think it was at heat seekers i think um so if you want to give him a call he was very nice and he knew what he was doing that was the main thing of was my main question is hey dude are you can come out here and not know what the heck you were doing for 6 hours cuz We'll just go look in the morning if so, save my time. But no, he, he was confident. He knew what he was doing and we found this deer. And I mean, what, 10 minutes of flying, not even, didn't even waste, but half a battery.
0: It was crazy. Cause he goes up and he's not using like the thermal profile in the traditional sense, like where it's red, he's using white and black. So like the ground looks white and then everything else that's like shows oh, yeah. black. Yeah. And so he goes up and he's like, well, where do you, th- where was he asked Carol some questions like, where did he go? Where'd you shoot him? What direction did he run? Whatever. And he does like one pass and he's like, huh, there's a deer right there. And we thought the lease would be like lit up with deer. Like there's a deer, like every five feet, there was like one deer on the whole property. Mm. And we're like, oh, Frank. Uh, but he goes up, he's like, all right, here's one right here. And he like zooms in, lights him up. And we're like, that's a big buck. And Carol, I think Carol said, oh, I don't think that's him. And I was like, if it's not, that's a big one. You need to get in there tomorrow morning. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> it was a, it was a big one. And he's like, well, let me try to get another angle. Skirts around the other side and lights him up again, and we're like,
2: that's him. And he looked like, I'm um, hurt, but I'm not going to die. You know, I, I instantly knew. I was like, yeah, he's not going to die. Game plan was, all right, tomorrow morning, we're going to get out there, and I'm going to try to get another arrow in him. Uh, that's really our – my only shot of my best case scenario is I walk up on him, and he had died. Um, but if not, then try to get another air in him. So, but you could see, time.
0: you could see on the drone though. Like it was an insane, you could see like a gash, like two inches, like the hole was big in him and he was just sitting there like licking the hole. And I I'm think like- it's
2: from that arrow just still was still in him, just messing him, uh, yeah. him trying to get it out, probably running through stuff, you know, and all that, that arrow may have really
1: didn't you say that uh that like he was just sitting there licking the wound but his legs were like sprawled out where it seemed like he couldn't really keep control of his legs one of you guys were telling me that and like because after seeing that the actual footage of the shot i was like i don't know you know it ain't ideal but you know you might have got something good like who knows but then one of you guys called me and said that that the thing was just constantly licking his wound and then the legs were kind of i mean I haven't seen yeah. very many deer bed down, but the ones I have seen, you know, they're folded he legs uncomfortable. and all that stuff.
2: He looked, and un- he looked uncomfortable.
1: Y'all said this one was like spread out. And I was like, well, you know, seems like he ain't doing too good. But he didn't yeah. have his head
0: down, like labored. He wasn't breathing hard. The, what made you think like, oh, this deer's hurt is like, there's a freaking giant gash in both sides of him. And mm-hmm. I can see both. And like when he like kind of sat down, even where you could see both sides, you see a hole right here big hole over here and you're just like i don't know it looks devastating but he was just like the holes look great but the deer's behavior and the drone guy said this too he said when they're not breathing super hard like you know like labored and when their head's still up like that he's like it's not really a good sign but you know every deer's different you might walk in there and it might be stone cold in the morning
2: yeah i mean that was pretty much it we went in there the next morning i was like all right get your camera this might be (laughs) <laughs> this might be awesome so christian had a camera um was like hey game plan we're gonna get down of them it is windier than tots every single day there every single day it is 20 mile an hour wind except the day that we have to go in there and try to speed up on this deer every day it is just so windy um that morning three mile an hour winds so i'm like okay um we're gonna have to try it. Like." It doesn't look like he's gonna die so we got to try to get another arrow and you know regardless because i'm limited on time here um so let's give it our best effort that what we'll, let's do what we can so we get out there um get out there you know shooting light of all right let's get out there two minutes early get within 100 yards or around 100 yards and then once that minute hits if i can shoot let's try to do what we can to sneak up on him. Um, of course our property is eight foot high grass. And if you take one step, I think you can hear it from a mile away. There's some parts it's not, there's some parts that are. So we took that gamble of, well, let's just hope that this is not the part of the property that is going to do this. And sure enough, it was, uh, when we got up there to them. So we got within 50 yards. Uh, issue was, is we didn't have, I didn't have a clear shot, um, of, kind of knew the general area of where he was going to be in, but I didn't have a clear shot at it. So we heard him get up. We heard the grass moving and it was like, Oh, he's right up here. We heard the grass moving. It is loud. Then nothing. Like, okay. He, you know, he went back down. Get he went back something. down. Yeah. yeah. Cause normally you would hear him running or it'd get faint or like, okay, he's gone away or something. It was loud. And then just nothing. So had the bow in my hand, um, looking around, looking around and we looked for like, Shoot, we looked for two hours um, just around in that area, and we're like, "Hey, where could he have been? um Or where is he at? I don't know." So finally, I—long story short—came to the conclusion: the river was only twenty yards to the north of us. That would only make sense of why we heard that grass and nothing. You think he just hopped in the river and crossed the river? Hmm. So when we were.
0: When we were walking down this oxbow to look, so like there's this oxbow on the property, and it's a very, very thick cover. And we're walking down it, and I immediately uh so we get like to the end of it and I hear and I hear splashing. And I see close to a hundred and thirty inch buck in the river. I'm like the river! <laughs> and I'm like, he's in the river. And then I was like watching him. Like, and I watched this deer like struggle to swim, like, it's like, Mm. like, barely keeping its head above the water. And I'm like, it's him, it's him. And Peyton's like running through the brush. And then I'm like, oh no, he has big G3s, it's not him. (laughs) And And Peyton was like, I think that is him. And I was like, no, I didn't put two and two together. I just saw a big eight point. I was like, that's him. You know, it wasn't. It was a like the other one had like seven. I was like 110. Uh, <laughs>
2: <right there somewhere! laughs> Aim on the horizon. <laughs> yeah.
0: it, was a, it was a really good buck though. And I was like, well, goodness, I can guarantee you if this buck was better than this oxbow, he would have left with that one. So, yeah, oh, no, yeah, because you put, yeah,
1: dad gum.
0: So, yeah, he, we, we looked for a while and didn't find him. And it was insane because I know he was in there. Like he was in there somewhere. I know he was. I,
2: when I my family members are asking, like, oh, you know, how hard you look, you're not understanding that I could step on this deer and not see him. Can literally step on this deer and not see him. This grass is so tall and so thick. It's like I don't even know what type of grass it is. I wish I could could tell you what grass it is so people would be like, Oh, yeah, I understand.
1: Tall, loud grass is what it is. Yeah,
2: That's louder. about all they're going
1: to get from us. <laughs> yeah. Very noisy. Yeah. So we
0: waited. Uh, we didn't see him. We left, and then Carol, what happens? Uh, literally the day after you shoot him,
2: that night. That that night. That, that night, late, late, early morning next day. He was back on camera,
1: like in the daylight
2: not so he wasn't at first and then he left and came right back at like 8 39 a.m and then was there that evening daylight was there the next morning again in the morning and then there again that evening so two days morning night morning night what i think what i was telling christian is the biggest thing you know and i'm pretty good about like I get excited, but after I shoot, I'm like, "All right, let's go back to the truck. Time for some Chick Fil A. Let's let's mm-hmm. find out what just happened. You know, because dude, I'm the world's worst. I can shoot a deer, and you turn and put the mic in my face. What happened? I'm Wait like, I a don't minute. Know? I have no idea.
1: They have a Chick Fil A over the, over on those parts.
2: No, Possibly. a magician never reveals his secrets, Jake. <laughs>
1: i was about to say because
2: yeah we're up there where i hunt needed they uh they have a chick <laughs> right so,
0: i
1: didn't say the name i was just genuinely curious because i was like Dad, yeah i'm like there's not that I many might. chick-fil-as in the state of
2: Oklahoma."
1: oh uh, that's true yeah never mind yeah but,
2: yeah anyways um i think the biggest thing that i had going for me i say that and then contradicted by walking it out to try to find the steer is he didn't know what happened um i didn't get down to push because some people are shooting and 30 minutes later like oh let, let's go look for the arrow Let's go mm-hmm. look for the arrow. And then I walk up there hundred yards. It's like, oh, there's the deer, you know, just pushed him out again. Now it's time to back out. I always get down and get out of like, all right, no matter what, like give it, give it time. I, first of all, main thing is I'm hungry. I'm a fat boy. I need to eat, you know, <laughs> second of all, then we can go back and say, all right, what happened? But I think I'll- that helped out tremendously of just him not knowing. Now Obviously. the other point I was there with him. Watch me say, mother. I ah, shot him high, <laughs> just throwing my bow and stomping around, freaking camera up, FaceTiming, calling people. He sat there and watched me the entire time. I'm just like, get out of here. I'll shoot you too.
1: <laughs> You'll try to shoot him at that point. Yeah.
2: No, no, I'll shoot him. <laughs> I'll hit him, dude. That's my biggest <laughs> thing. I tell Christian this whole time, I'm like, I'm not good enough to kill, but I'm not bad enough to ever miss.
3: <laughs>
0: I have that problem too. If I shoot, I'm going to hit him. It might be in the cheek. but Yeah,
2: dude. I just, I just, have that problem where i'm like eh, i just i just don't miss well Car-
0: carol's uh, videos don't require any post-production you know how meteor comes in and they're like we're in idaho hunting a right you will do voiceovers carol does his voiceover while he hunts like he shoots and he's like i hit him high i hit him high <laughs> and he gets right down <laughs> to his to his microphone and like he doesn't think that in his head he commentates it he's like yeah. oh him high. or then like there's a video of him uh filming mr next year and he goes and Mr. Nature turns and looks at him and Carol goes, oh, he winded me. <laughs> and like like the deer's like 35 yards away and Carol's talking into his mic. <laughs> oh, uh, he
2: went, he went. I mean, he he winded me for sure. For sure. Because sure I, I called it out. Don't forget the first part of the video. I'm like, he's going downwind. He's going downwind. He's going to win me. He's going to win me. He stops. Throws his head up and he's like, mm. nah, I smell uh, a oh, shit." Yeah, some all the strong butt cheeks in there.
0: (laughs) A piece of toilet paper floats to the wind and hits him.
1: Wraps up in the antlers. Be like, okay, that's Carol's buck. We we, we know that.
2: (laughs) Oh my god! God, that's awesome. Well, yeah, we so we pushed him out. We couldn't find him. Um, We we bumped the deer. It was dark enough. That it was just, I mean, the minute of shooting, like, of, Mm -hmm. okay, 703, let's go. You know, to where he didn't know probably what we were, um, couldn't see us, probably heard some sound and was like, all right, I'm good enough to get out of here, you know. So didn't know what we were, uh, bumped him up, couldn't find him. And like I said, long story short, he he had to have crossed the river, I think. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Or he was bedded down 10 yards away from us.
1: Oh, that's right, because you said you got him back on camera that that next day. Uh, um, Where I was going with that is, so did that kind of ruin you of only aiming, like, center mass on a deer? Like, o- obviously, you're trying to hug shoulder and stuff like that, but kind of like Christian says, you know, he always tries to aim a little bit low, you know, aim for the heart. If they duck, you'll hit, you, you know, you'll hit lungs. If they stay still, you know, you'll punch hard. Is that kind of making you want to do that now, or are you still like, let's just play it safe? and? Aim, you know, center mass really of behind center, the shoulder.
2: It's not really center mass. It's still, you know, uh, where I aim. I'm like, okay, if he ducks a little bit, <laughs> I would have been perfectly fine if he ducks a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, to what he ducked, yeah, I think I'll play my cards a little different. Here's here's my biggest thing, and I'm not gonna get on this whole argument. What really kind of put me down in the dirt of I shoot a heavy arrow setup for that specific reason of I want to get two holes, I want to blow through that thing. I am two holes though. I'm I didn't blow through them though, because if I didn't blow, I don't know what I hit, right? Didn't so
1: know? you hit a whitetail? Do <laughs> you know how uh when we were at Deer Camp, I was having that issue too because I shot a doe because I've I've never really used fixed blade fixed blade broadheads or I have, but I like that was at the time where I didn't know anything about an arrow i wasn't shooting the right spine of arrow or anything like that uh in my younger years of bow hunting but when we were at deer camp this year and you know we were using those vpas and i shot a a little small doe like probably literally just now lost its spots but it came out there solo dolo at like 35 yards and i was like that's a that's a mature doe it looks like to me and before it even got to the feeder i was drawn back on it long story short a smaller bodied doe um I still didn't get a pass through with my arrow, and it's like five hundred eighty-five grains. And
2: yeah, we shoot the same setup, the right? Same setup, same arrow, link, so, same arrow, same broadheads.
1: It seems like it, it but fast forward to that 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 rotation. All I had to do is just turn my knock where that uh, whatever you said that little sharpie on the on the MMT arrows it's that the, they made that the spine, aligned yeah. the spine or whatever. So it's it shot like a dart, and on that buck, it zipped right through a lot more a lot more goodies than it did on that dough granted i found both but one got a full pass through and ended up ricocheting into the oblivion and the other one shish so was that kind of the issue did you make yeah, sure see, like, that there? was the,
2: that was the first thing i looked at on the videos that was what i was saying earlier is how is my arrow flight that was the first thing that i said and mm. that was the first thing i looked at is what the heck how is my arrow flight because when i had the same problem with my arrows you know i have them all marked i actually i think had like numbers on hey I like my broadhead to be flat when I shoot and spine up, obviously. So I mark, Hey, this fletching should be here. Um, broadhead should be flat. I try to do the same thing on everything. When you were shooting yours, you know, um, where we public, you know, where, where you were shooting yours, we watched mm-hmm. your arrow freaking do some crazy do this yes. as it was yeah. going through the air. That was the first thing I looked at is, cause I told Christian, how's my arrow flight, arrow flight, dart, fletching, spinning perfectly. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't that kind of rub me wrong of like, what if I would have hit him in the shoulder? You know, he didn't die regardless. So if I hit him in the shoulder, maybe different stuff happens. Maybe he does die. But I'm like, eh, I may have just hit him maybe in a single lung and mainly in the meat and I didn't get a pass through. What if I would have hit bone? Like, what would I don't know. I don't it's kind of unexplainable of, well I don't know. Another thing too, what I was thinking about you know in my shower thoughts is we don't shoot i know a single bevel spins through a deer you're not just shooting a flat you know arrow um and you're not just it's not just going in at one angle it's spinning as it goes through it it doesn't cut a lot our our broadheads don't do a big cut um that is my biggest thing that i worry about too now of if i hit a shoulder i'm in the best boat if i hit a shoulder i'm in the best case scenario right got a Mm -hmm. heavy arrow got a fixed blade but now i'm a little worried of i may want a bigger cutting diameter so i might switch to a three blade or something like that um i'm sure vpa has some three blades um i think i remember looking at them so i might switch to a three blade and try to go something go to something that has a little bigger of a cut
1: what makes you think that that having a bigger diameter cut? would mean better blood trail.
2: Biggest thing is my deer in Kansas. <laughs> I shot. Dude, I should not have killed that. I was in shambles. When that deer came in, shot way over his back, was like, I have my pin on 50 yards. What am I thinking? Was like, oh, he's about 20. Scroll it down to 20, Pull back and just sent one. Hit him just as high, maybe even higher. Maybe even higher than the deer that I shot. But I was shooting a broadhead that the cut is... God knows how big, you know, two inches on probably each side. So maybe that helped. But at the did, same, time. did you time, find any blood where he was lying? <laughs> see, see, <laughs> That's kind of where I was going at. Exactly. Hey, because here's the thing. where he was lying, dead, is where I found him.
1: Yeah, but also, also, like I shot the same VPA, and I didn't see an ounce of blood on my buck I shot this year. But That's- they, see, see, but what I'm saying is, uh. So, going back to 2021, um, I was using the Grim Reaper Whitetail Specials. I shot a buck, complete double lung at, like, 25 yards. I didn't get any blood. Now, granted, I, did, I wasn't looking that hard just because I seen the deer fall. But, like, there like, there was no different scenarios. They both ran 30, 40 yards. And, and again, I'm not saying I do that every time. That I'm just saying these because these are the only two times I've ever seen, like, deer fall in my life. Um, but... I don't think you have enough proof to, to, to really say that like, Hey, this, this broadhead cuts smaller than this one. So therefore this one would have a better blood trail than this. I mean, in your mind, it, it, it seems like that's the right way to Probably take a better that. taste. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like n- you could aim at the same deer and shoot a hundred thousand times at that deer and just keep replaying it. And I bet you each time you're going to shoot that deer in a different spot. It's going to react different, this, that, and the other. So what I'm trying to say is, yes, the broadhead does have a a impact on it. But whether that deer is going to bleed or not bleed, regardless of where you hit it, I think that's out of our hands in a way. No,
2: I'm not saying the blood trail is the thing. Dude, I could have shot it with a... Where I hit it, we were not no any blood, no matter with what broadhead I shot it mm-hmm. with, where I hit it. That's, that's not the thing. You know, maybe I did hit a single lung, but I'm going to go something with a little better, bigger, better cutting diameter. Cause maybe I nicked it and I'm not going to go off the guys that called in the dogs or that we called for the dogs. You know, when I shot paddles, they said, Hey, we recover a lot of deer. A lot of people have switched these single bevel broadheads. If mm-hmm. you hit a deer, okay. The deer will die. They do a good job of killing a deer. If you don't see him go down, you are in some really big trouble.
1: So, would you rather have one big hole or would you rather have two smaller holes?
2: Man, it depends where you hit them.
1: Here's
0: the thing if you hit one with a good broadhead and get a pass through, you're going to find it. If you hit one with a bad broadhead and you don't get penetration, you will not find it. I don't care where you hit it. Doesn't matter if you hit it.
1: I mean, I mean, to each their own. I mean, if, if also, I agree with both sides a little bit, but from the outside looking in, I feel like if you feel more comfortable with a, with a, uh, with, if you have more confidence in your setup with a bigger diameter cut, then I feel like you need to switch. But just from, I'm just giving my my perspective now, but like, I would rather have two holes rather than one. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, it it does. And you know, I've, I think, uh, I talked to my brother after a little more, And I'm not saying, you know, the heavy arrow setup is not the way to go, because probably I'm probably not going to change anything, to be honest, because the biggest thing is I can't really knock on what I'm doing because Peyton hasn't hit a freaking deer where he needed to hit him. (laughs) (laughs) I can't knock it because I haven't hit a deer where I needed to hit it. But I'll say this with what else I used to shoot last year, I hit two deer probably where I shouldn't hit it and it worked out. But At the same time, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Like I said, I'm probably not going to steer away from the fixed blades um, and the VPAs. I'll probably go ahead and stick with them, but I'm going to see if they have a three blade or something. Maybe, maybe go just, uh, I'm sure they have a bidding, bigger cutting diameter for what we shoot too. Cause I think mine's just an inch and an eighth. I don't know yet. We'll have to see. I'm not going to change anything this year. Um, My main focus is if I have a deer in front of me, just uh, find a way to shoot them in the lungs or the heart. So,
0: yeah i don't know it's it's a polarizing i don't know why it's such a polarizing topic because i don't i don't really think it has to be but like i don't know there's a lot of hate out there for heavy arrows but
1: um i don't know if it's warranted or not i think i think it's warranted if you go too extreme like if you shoot an 800 yeah, like broadhead, then like, then like 800. what are you doing like you have three pins and you're you're your site is one of those wheel sites too. like, like literally (laughs) you got, that's it because the pin gap and everything you get what I'm saying. But, uh, I think, I think it's just with anything. Like if you, if you, if you try to overkill something, then it'll be, you know, overrated. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. And
2: my, my brother, I think made the best point, you know, after he's like, we'll just shoot them where you need to (laughs) shoot, shoot, hit them where you need to and shoot them where you need to a 585, you know, is what i shoot compared to uh, you know i think that he shoots i don't remember what he said that his total arrow weight was um but he was like but you know when i hit a deer uh, i hit him where i need to and he's like i don't ever get two holes but when i have a three inch gash in the heart or a lung or two lungs don't have to have two holes so but the heavy arrow is the safest route as far as if you hit the deer it's the safest route but a lot of things can happen
1: that kind of sounds like the John Dudley and the Ranch Ferry discussion. You know what it I is, mean? Like it's a mirror of that discussion. If you hit them where you're supposed to get hit, like, you know, you don't need a pass through. And that's kind of what John Dudley was saying. And then the Ranch Ferry was like, yeah, but not everybody is a 100th hundred, percentile on shot accuracy. So that, that was John John Dudley's take on it. But the Ranch Ferry was saying basically not everybody shoots. And then the ranchberry was saying, like, not everybody shoots in the hundredth percentile, and so I mean, you got to kind of leave room for that, uh, that uh, leeway, I should say, like, Plan B a- arrow, exactly. And so that's that's kind of where I feel like we are is we need that Plan B arrow. So I think that was the whole movement for the for the heavier setup.
0: Well, if you hit him in the lungs, it doesn't matter if you're shooting a one eighth of an inch cut or a 18 inch cut, it doesn't matter, but mm-hmm. It's when you don't do that, which is seemingly more and more. I mean, the deer also move like there's not a one size fits all situation. I just.
2: No, there I is. It's called a 270. <laughs> You're
0: exactly. The, no, there was Rude. some, there was some comments on Facebook where it was like, you hit a deer high lung, they'd live. And he goes, well, I hit him on my 30 all six and they don't ever go nowhere. I'm like, <laughs> all right, buddy. <laughs> Sounds good.
1: You're right. I know that, but we're yeah, talking about I don't an mean arrow. It this
2: whole heavy arrow debate up. Like I said, it's just like I was so calm, dude, all year. I'm like, oh man, if I hit one, it's going to slide through like, but I can shoot him out in the chest and send it out the butt if I need to. I still I think you can. And I'm like, oh, uh, what just happened? It's kind of. It's made me fear a little bit of like
1: Ugh. what makes you think you didn't get a pass through? And, and and Christian, feel free to jump in on this too if you know if you know more about because you've been shooting the fixed blade longer than Carol and I have. So so yeah. why do you think with that heavy heavier arrow set up and that single bevel bevel broadhead, why didn't Carol get that pass through?
0: I don't know. You should have. I mean my expectation would be that you would, but the uh the only thing that I can think is if you look at the shot uh, with there, there's a frame that Carol took a picture of when the deer is running away and you can see the entry of the arrow and you can see the exit of the arrow. And they look at like two, they almost look like they're at two different angles. And I wonder if he hit some sort of bone and, and it deflected down, which kind of gave you an illusion of like you hit lower than you actually did. Really so straight
1: off a rib, maybe
0: like a rib or like the top of a, it just, I don't know. It almost looked like his arrow looked like it was doing really good in the flight. And then at the impact, it looks like it, I I don't know if it shot down, hit some sort of bone. There's no way to tell hit a rib on the backside. I don't know. Um, I will say it was, it was odd. Um, it's also a big body deer. that could be part of it too, but I would have expected a pass through in that situation. Um, but didn't see one. So I don't think, I don't know. Every shot's a little bit different too. I don't, I don't know.
2: And also, like I said, with that specific deer. If you ask me, if it would have slid through like butter, would it have made a difference? It's like, no, because I mean, I've got the whole. Right. The only thing that didn't get to that deer is the fletching. He ran and broke the arrow off and had two holes in him regardless, you know.
0: Well, when so, you get two holes in them, though, if you could take two, if, if the arrow's sticking out one side and the other side, you could break the arrow in half and pull it out and it's done its yeah. job at that point, right? Yeah. Like the arrow
2: is the arrow dude. And that may have been, you know, one thing is that may have been the case is maybe it was up against his spine and when he was Running off, he broke that arrow.
0: And it was sitting at two different levels. Yeah, it's
2: sitting at two different levels and it just slid out, uh, maybe. But I don't know. I have no idea.
0: I don't know. There's so much variability in it, though, because uh I've shot six deer with a single bevel this year, and two of them were like the nastiest blood show you've ever seen in your life. Like Ray Charles could have followed it. Two of them. I watched drops, so I didn't even look for a blood trail, but I don't think there was much of one. And then this last weekend, I shot a doe right through the shoulders, and she ran 50 and piled up. I never looked for blood because I was like, she's right there. I mean, I'm not going to look for blood. And then mm-hmm. I shot another one, hit her high shoulder, and I don't know if I got a pass through or not. I know I dropped her. I want to say I did get a pass through, but I don't remember exactly.
1: So out of those um, six,
0: how many did you get a pass through on? five, maybe six. I don't remember what happened Mm -hmm. on that last doe. I don't know if I wanted to pass through or not. Cause my arrow was laying there when I walked up to her, but I dropped her. So I don't know if like it went in her and it came out as she fell over or it like went through her and was just laying there. I don't remember. Cause I didn't film it. I didn't film that shot. Um, so I don't know exact. I don't, in my mind, I can't remember. Cause I remember Mm -hmm. I dropped her and I was like, let me get another arrow. I wasn't like, Oh, where to hit her. You know, she just dropped and I grabbed another arrow. and was like, you know, so, but the five for sure that I've got passers on, if you hit them in that V and you shoot them like that, like you saw Peyton on the seven by five, that cut on that deer was, it was like an inch. Like you had to like kind of look for the hole, like you had to pull back hair and look for the hole, but that deer ran eight yards and fell yeah. over, you know? So you're getting the blood. It's just, are you getting it externally or are you getting it yeah, you know, and I, I mean that's going
2: to be with every broadhead too. I mean, when you're shooting razors at them and stuff, you know, at, at the end of the day, you're shooting razor blades and and metal at them. Like you're they're they're bleeding. Are you going to get it on the ground or on the inside? Um, you know, they're going to bleed with the field point. But
0: I'm to the point now is- with dogs with dogs and drones and stuff though is that I'm <laughs> like, right. if, if I kill it, I don't give a frick. I'll find it. Like that's not the problem to me. Like finding it. We're like, oh, this deer is not going to bleed. We said that when you shot that buck. And then we're like, I wonder where he is. And 10 minutes later, we're like, oh, I know where he is. He's right there. You know, yeah. like right there. If, if you I shoot it and kill it, you're going to find it.
1: It's probably good for your, like, your financial health to just make a good shot on a deer. 100%. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's and always for them ways. To bleed.
0: And for them to bleed.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. drones, uh, I'll say that later season, drone over dog for anybody that are listening. It's a lot more, it <laughs> depends, it depends. What's the- it's a lot more expensive, might not be. You don't have to
1: be specific on it, but was it like a few hundred or like?
2: I I pay, you know, I, I since I mentioned them, I'm not going to tell people how much I paid because I mentioned who it was. It was double the price of the dog.
0: In line with expectation though.
2: In line with expectation and did...
1: Mm, i see what you mean i'm not gonna say i'm
2: not i'm not gonna you know Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna just sit here and go on a rant of what was better and why um the drone was better a lot easier i can see where the drone would be tougher at some points. you know early season canopy cover um you go out and you're looking for uh, a deer in a field that there could be a hundred deer in um but with what i saw knowing hey this deer ran this way i got it on video here's what to expect this is where the deer ran. You know, he's going to be possibly somewhere around here. Um, yeah, drone. Drone all day if you have the financials to do it. Um, Even if you
0: don't, you can always get a loan. <laughs> <You> know,
2: <laughs> depending on how, million big, dollars. how big the deer is too. The thing about the dogs when we shot paddles is we may have jumped that deer not knowing.
1: So this was the same stand that you shot paddles, correct? No. No.
2: It is not. Nope.
1: Was it the same property? Yes. Were you looking for paddle's deadhead while you were trampling through out there?
2: No, 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 no. No, that was uh that's that's for that's for that, after.
1: That's a kill tree, basically. So you so you weren't gonna encroach on it or anything? Or is no, it like, that's like, just the, I'm apart. not even
2: worried about paddle. When you when I shoot another deer, I didn't even think of so, hey, mm-hmm. my priority Completely is deer. separate area too. Yeah, right, but that, area. okay. Um no, that's paddles is done. He's been done since he's, he's dead. I mean, it's safe to say that he's, he's dead.
1: Yeah. I think on, um, been on
2: camera and, or anything like that, but that's for after season. I'm not worried about him because he's been dead since October 2nd.
1: Hmm. Well, ain't what you want, but uh just to kind of wrap up your end of the story, uh, or I guess your went your end of the weekend. um What is like the biggest thing you would take back? Or I guess what I'm trying to say is what's, what's the biggest things you've learned just from, from that hunt? If any, there do not have to be any like major life changing. I would say,
2: you know, like I should have read the room a little more of like, he's comfortable, but his head's down. Um, Here's the thing, head up, head down. One inch could have been the difference of him running 10 yards and dying to him not running any, you know, and, and surviving. Um, there's so many things. So if I can, you know, it's heads up. Um possibly, yes, I will aim an inch or two lower. My biggest fear is I'll never put it on a deer stomach unless they're at 25 yards, I'm not going to put it on a deer stomach. It's not I I'm too afraid of dropping my bow. Um I'm too conservative for that. Um, I will aim an inch or two lower next time. You know, I wasn't center mass, but I'm not going to aim on the deer's belly. I'm just, it's not going to happen right. for me. Because my well, luck, point. The, deer, the deer's going to jump. My luck. So
0: That's a good point, though, <laughs> because people think that, I think the term low is not the same for every person. I don't think that everyone uh, views that as the same thing. Because when I say low, people are like, oh, you're going to put it on the white of their belly? No, that's not what I mean when I say low. I mean like <laughs> thirds. Top of the back is a third middle of the body is a third or a little higher than that is third. And then a third is like a third of the way up, which is probably three to four inches above the bottom of them. I think when you say low, people are like, Oh, you're going to try to shoot them in the armpit. It's like, no, I'm trying to shoot them literally on the heart. Like that's it. Cause even if you shoot lower than that, let's say you shoot two inches lower than that. You run into a situation like Mason had this year where he hits it mm-hmm. literally as low as you can hit them, but yeah. he hits a deer in the heart and shoots right to the sucker's heart. So that's what I mean when I
1: say low. But mentally, I think that's something you can only like get a good grip on by just shooting deer. Like whether that be doe, bucks, whatever it is, because I don't know if Peyton, I feel like you and I are pretty similar on like when I say aim center mass, I just mean like not 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 hold where Christian holds, like like just, where you, right, right, just exactly. where you want to hit him. Right, right. Where you want to hit him. Yeah. And so uh and so me, I always like if I picture a deer like I'm drawn back and I got a deer in my site housing, and I'm putting the pin right where I want it. if I try to just like in my mind go a little bit further down, it's like it's like i'm I'm sinning you know what I mean like yeah, it feels no, like I, that
2: yeah i, and I, so I completely understand
1: I feel like if someone were to try to learn to like aim for that lower one third or or how, however you uh worded it then. I feel like someone needs to first practice that on, on like dough and not saying they're, they're not more valuable, but I'm just saying, but you know, a dough of a lifetime and a buck of lifetime, two completely different things. Um, but yeah, that's just what I would have to do is just like, get comfortable doing that because I just feel like I would just constantly just fight to just put it right where I wanted it instead of just aiming a little bit lower.
2: What gets in my head is let's say we go out and shoot and we're off. Where are you going to shoot? where are we all going to shoot tendency is to shoot what look i shoot i majority of people that i shoot with they're oh man i dropped my bow drop my bow like if you go out and shoot and you mess up shooting at your target you're gonna shoot low but where is the deer is going to go low but i am very i want my arrow to go where i'm aiming I don't want to ever uh, but, do I'm not going to shoot low and be like, oh the
0: deer would have dug. I, I agree, but they they okay. If you look at a hundred shots, what I was saying is the it's not a question of how much they're gonna move down. It's it's or it's not a question of if they're gonna move down, it's a question of how much. So me and Jake Ayers were talking about this the other day. I think one of the reasons that people don't aim low is because just like you just said, Jake, they don't shoot enough does to see it and have the confidence in it. I used to like literally be like i want to hit right there uh and so i'm gonna do it and then i've had situations literally just like what carol was saying but but when i started to shoot them low like does like that i had to see it four five six seven times to be like oh this is perfect you know like oh this is great and Mm -hmm. i think we get just generally if people aren't shooting a good amount of does then it, you don't get any field reps it's like your reps are game time it's like i'm shooting for the championship i don't get <laughs> any <free laughs> yeah. throws. like right but jake Ayers made a good point he said think about it he said if you go out and you shoot two bucks a year every shot is the biggest shot of your year 100 yeah. percent. there is no shot that is like okay let me let me work through my process let me aim low. Let me try this here. The deer's giving me a this. Calm reaction. heartbeat. No, I don't think yeah, so. There is none of that. So your reps, every one of your reps, is like the Super Bowl on the goal line with five seconds left. And I don't think that produces the best uh reps. Like you just don't get any reps that aren't like here, 10 out of 10, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, I just think that's a you're right. That is how you practice. And I just I think people need more of those reps. I need more of them. I only got shoot two does this year. I'd love to shoot six.
1: Like yeah, I'd love to shoot six. And and to take it one step further, it's like yeah, there's it's those reps on like like the game time, like between a buck and a doe, and like where you want to aim and all that stuff. It's completely different when you know. Also, again, shooting from an like an elevated position like out of a saddle or a climber or a tree stand or whatever, completely different thing than, than, uh, than shooting one on the ground or, uh, shooting a target on the ground. I'm trying to say,
0: Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's completely different. And I mean, I'll put it this way. The issue for us is we don't have an abundance of places to hunt that if you shoot a doe, it's not going to run your chances of shooting a buck. So that kind of discourages people to shoot does. Um, yeah, Like if we go in opening day or like, let's shoot two does. It's like, well, there could have been a buck. So why the, mm-hmm. f- why would you do that? But if I had five, six, seven, eight spots and it's like, oh, this spot, no bucks come in. I'm going to go shoot a doe over there. Or this spot, I'm going to go over here and shoot a doe. Every situation is different. But
1: when we're on public, like if a doe walks by, I'll freaking smack it. You know, <laughs> just, but yeah, those are like, you I might think- give it five seconds to like, Anything yeah. behind her, no, okay. quick,
0: you're dead. Yeah. But those situations, I really feel like those are your chances to get reps, but it's to it's so hard to get reps. And if you wait till December to get those reps, the deer are switched on. Like yeah. they're already like, mm. you know, they're ready. So um, I don't know. That's it's kind of a catch twenty two. It's like you want to shoot a buck, but you want to get reps, but you don't have a spot to
2: get reps. But And that was what I was going to talk about earlier too, is, you know, we were talking about going down to the lease to shoot dough. And it's like, the biggest thing is, Hey, I'll be the first one to say it, dude, it costs me $250 every time I go there and back in gas. That's the biggest thing is that's the spot where I'm like, I can go and I can kill dough, but I'm spending minimal $250 to get there and back in gas. Um, then, you know, that's that's not including food and all that. The biggest thing is if I shoot a doe, I'm stomping through there. My hunt for that weekend is now over, possibly for the next week or two. And we are very limited on the correct wind, too. So, it's like, pick your poison, you know. Pick your poison. Yeah, it's tough.
0: It is. It's a tough equation to figure out, but regardless, I think, finding a place to where you can get some does like for me this last weekend, I didn't go to our lease and shoot does Jake's like, Hey, I got a field. You want to shoot some does? I'm like, it's not my field. Absolutely. Like (laughs) do you got any more, you know, I I mean, clean. yeah, yeah. But those situations it's like, find you a buddy, find you a place that has, and that's easier said than done, but find somebody that has some dose or a spot that you don't like to hunt or does not have good bucks and go smack some does. I think that will help on the aiming aspect of it because if you never shot one low before and you're like, oh, I'll just trust God on this one.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah.
1: spe- speaking of, uh, your little weekend, how'd that, uh, how'd that play out? Now, granted, I know, I know it's just a doe hunt, but, uh,
0: um, yeah. So me and, uh, me and Jake went out and, um, We went to, it was pretty hot. Like when we looked for Carol's buck, it was really cold that morning, but it got up to like 66 that day. So me and Jake were like, let's go out and just sit and see if we can shoot a couple of those. So um, we went out and uh, had a doe come in pretty much immediately, like literally probably 20 minutes after we were sitting there Mm -hmm. and had a doe come out. This is a Sunday evening after Carol had left. And I'm like, okay, this is easy. Like let's start stacking them up and I draw back on this sucker, and I'm like, Jake, the feeder's 20 yards, right? And he's like, Yeah, that's 20. I'm like, awesome. Because we had been there like 20 minutes. We were still talking as the deer's coming in. Like, I, I don't even have an
1: arrow in my I bow. mean, you don't even have to explain just because yeah. I mean you said feeder, and I was like, Okay, he's basically shooting a high fence. So hundred yeah, percent
0: Yeah. So I get in a full draw on this dough, and I'm like, all right, she's done. I go, Poof. and I mean <laughs> cut the hair on her bottom of her belly. I was like, what? Oh, really? cut the hair on the bottom of her belly. I was like, what happened there? And she runs out and blows and like, she's an idiot. So she starts to come (laughs) right back in.
1: Is that a situation of you aiming too low? You think?
0: No, she would. No, I'm going to finish. I got I have have an explanation, but I've always been premature about things, but that was my thought. That was my first thought (laughs) was like, okay, I probably held it too low. I wasn't aiming that low though. I was, I was like that much higher than the belly, like four or five inches. So, She comes back and then by that time the feeder goes off like when she's standing like 10 feet away from her and it like sprays her and she's like, ah, and runs away. So I'm like, well, that sucks. What happened? And I was like, let me just see just for craps and giggles. I grabbed my rangefinder, I hit it. It's like 25. Like, okay. My sight was on 19. Mm, Yeah. So
2: I will say though, the thing about that, that is crazy is Jake. We realized when we went to go hunt public land and I was telling you that With, because we all shoot single pin or single dial, right? Jake, do you?
1: I mean, I got a. Mine's three pin, but my bottom pin Uh, is is just okay. I was gonna
2: say, dude, every two yards on your pin makes a difference. At least for me, because I don't shoot. Yeah, I, I don't shoot. I only shoot 67, 67 pounds, 28 inch struggling So I'm not, you know, I'm not shooting. <laughs> no. Did you get, did That's you get a set, a
0: set of panties with that bow when you bought it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I can pull, I can't pull back 70 all day to practice. I can pull Jack back Jake's Matthews with ease on 74, but I struggled. Yeah, I, I struggled to pull my prime back, you know, at the bow shop several times in row on 70. I don't, I don't understand that. Um, I mean, Matthews is I'm better, bowing. but yeah, continue. I guess some bows. that that I need to get me a Matthews because when you, if you miss you just miss. I need to get into that. If I'm going to miss, I'm just going to miss
1: by like 13 yards. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to miss, I want to If
2: I'm going to take a bad shot, I just want to miss and say thank you, God. I yeah. That again, but
1: well, that heavy arrow thing is it. It is real. Now, granted, I'm shooting 50, 60 grain. Yeah, 55 grains heavier than I was last year. And then last year's when I shot over the back of that one down there on that on our public piece. And I was aiming for twenty. No, I was aiming for thirty-five. And the 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 deer was only at twenty five. And I know some people are, you know, new listeners are gonna be like, How how do you misjudge that? Like by the eye even. And well, it was a little I was, I was, uh, Yeah, it was on an incline or yeah, a decline, kind of leading down this ridge. And so he was quite a bit further down than me. But uh I just trusted my rangefinder. And again, it was one of those things where what we were talking about earlier, I seen a buck and I couldn't even keep my hand still enough to to range the deer. And so uh just just that, you know, being off ten yards, I guess, but uh I don't think I would hit the deer regardless. But yeah, the heavier arrow does does make a big
2: difference. It's it's a big difference on a scroll wheel. It is a huge difference.
0: Well, and you got to be accurate with your range. That's one thing I learned this weekend too. Like you, you really need to be, if you're ranging the deer and a deer takes four more steps, it's like, no, you probably need to range that. Yeah. That's what
1: bugs me though. That's what bugs me because I mean, uh, Mason was talking about how, uh, the buck he shot down there on, on public, how he didn't even range the deer. And that just drives me up the wall and good, you know, good on you if you can do it, but, but. I don't know. I just have a fear of like, if I range, I'm like, I don't know if it's perfect. And so if I don't know if it's perfect, when I draw back, I'm like, well, um, I don't don't have confidence in this shot. Basically is what I'm saying. And so like, I feel like if you don't do that, then all things go, go out the, uh, basically go to crap. Oh, but that, That's most of my problems is just range ranging the deer because I mean, granted, I have glasses and so it's kind of hard to like get in there and range it. And plus when you're already shaky, it's just I missed a few deer or at least a few opportunities just trying to range a deer. But when I shot my buck this year, I didn't even range it. And I was fine because I was like, oh, that thing's 20, 25 yards at most. And so I think there's times you can, but anything over, like honestly, over 20 yards, I'm I'm kind of skeptical of like. Just eyeing it. Yeah, I mean, that... I was six yards off at 20,
0: 25 yards, so that's like 30% off. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's... it's It was not an instant. If six yards, when you're only at 20-something yards, not that far off. Uh, or it's pretty far off. But, yeah, uh, that was the only deer that we had within range besides a Forky that night. So, I decided to go back out Uh, the next morning and uh, it was during special doe day. So I brought my AR and Mm -hmm. Jake was like, uh, he had a spot and he's like, okay, there's like eight does that come into the spot. He said, go shoot some does. And I was like, don't say that if you don't really mean it, because I have six doe tags, you know, it's the antlerless doe tag antlers day. So you get two extra on top of your regular. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Yeah, you do. So I go out there and I'm like, all right, my plan is to bring my AR and shoot two with my AR and then see what I can do with my bow. So I bring my ARs 223. And I mean, I don't hunt a ton with my rifle. I just don't like uh, the explosion of rifle. I don't like, sh- I don't enjoy shooting them, which is probably the reason that I don't hunt with them very much. I actually would like to hunt with them more. I just don't enjoy the action of the, that kind of stuff. So uh, I had eight Jake texts me at like seven thirty, and I'm up in
1: this. Well, field. to be fair, you're probably the most scope-eyed person I've ever met in my life. When yeah, it comes done to it. Like yeah. rifle hunting.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, I've always shot very cheap optics and very cheap guns, and so I don't know if you ever bought one out of the case at Walmart when you but. But when the scope comes on it, the eye relief on it, you got to look at it like this,
1: <laughs> You're basically in your eye.
0: Yeah, like you're like okay, I can see it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it's like. The eye relief. And that's literally what it's like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell this story. So this one time, uh, this is when, heck, it might have been before high school even. I, I I'm not sure. In high school probably. Was it could, maybe yeah, 16, 17 years old? Yeah. Well, uh, I was hunting back behind my mom's house, which I could walk to. And then Christian was hunting on uh, on my mom's neighbor's property. And we were, I don't know, probably in total though, 800, 900 yards away from each other because you were hunting that back meadow, right?
3: yeah mm-hmm.
1: and uh yeah and so i could hear him shoot and so he ended up getting a doe that that day and by the time we meet at my mom's house he comes and picks me up and we drive back around to go get his doe which he's already drugged to like this tree line or whatever there's a coyote sitting there eating this this uh this doe and like we pull up probably 20 yards from from the doe and we're just like okay the thing's gonna run off here in a second and he's still there, just like tearing at it. So Christian gets out. I don't know if you scoped by yourself on the dough as well. I think no, you did. I had
0: scoped myself, scoped by myself a couple weeks earlier, shooting uh, that eight point I shot off my uncle John's.
1: That's right. So he already yeah. had like a previous cut on his eye, it was like scabbed over. And uh, w- what made it even funnier is like a few days later, he was going to go to like his girlfriend's at the time, Uh, like Thanksgiving. It was with, Thanksgiving, yeah, with all of her family. And so he ends up shooting this doe with a rifle somehow. Well, he gets out because I didn't bring my rifle. I was like, why do I need my rifle? We picked up and we picked him. He picked me up in his truck. Well, he gets out and grabs his rifle and points at this coyote. Boom! Coyote doesn't do anything. Like, doesn't drop and I'm expecting it to fold. I look at him. His eye is like leaking. And then he's, <laughs> since the coyote was still there, he racked it again boom didn't hit it this is 20 yards and i'm like how the heck did you kill this doe <laughs> yeah. and again it's go by him again and so at this point he has like a gash in his forehead and it's just like coming down his nose well long story short the coyote runs off and we get the deer and the deer's hide is just kind of uh barely torn into like nothing no big damage happened within that 30 minutes but i don't know That just that's a good that story me. that 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 needs to be remembered.
0: That's a great story because <laughs> it's a great example of why I don't like guns. Uh, that People think that I, like everyone I, I hang out with or go to like at the gym, they're like, oh, you don't like the rifle and I'm like, no, I do. Like I enjoy rifle hunting. I, or I did at one time. I don't bow hunt, you know, to be, because I'm snobbish about rifles. It's just, I literally do not enjoy shooting them.
1: I'm higher class. Mm. No, I just don't enjoy shooting them for that reason. <laughs>
0: hmm, Uh, ultra Uh. No. so I bring my AR and I bring my bow (laughs) and I get up in the, I get up in the stand and these eight does come in at like 7.30 and I'm like, you guys are done. I'm going to shoot two with my gun and then I'm going to grab my bow and when they're blowing, I'm going to shoot a couple more. So they come in and there's one that's eyeing me the whole way in. Like, you know how they're like walking and looking at you? One of those? Mm -hmm. She's doing that. I'm like, you're the one. And so, I have a shot at one that's way closer, like five yards closer. And I'm like, no, I'll wait till the fawn gets behind this one. So, not like, a boy. So I can like, so I can shoot the one I know is being like that. And so I get on her and I take it off safety, and I'm squeezing, click, and all of them. I'm like, oh no!
1: How far away
3: <laughs> are they? They're like one? twenty. They're oh like no! 20.
0: <laughs> and so I don't know how I managed to do it, but. I cock the gun and the shell doesn't come out and I'm like, what's going on? Like in my mind, I'm thinking, Oh, I didn't load a shell. I'm an idiot. Mm -hmm. So I take the clip out and I look, I'm like, all right, there's still bullets. I stick the bullets in again and I go to load it and it won't go in the barrel. And I'm like, what is going on? So they're all at 20 and I take the clip out again and I hold the gun up a little bit. They're still all at 20. And I look down the barrel and there's a bullet in there and it won't come out. I'm like, no. So I grab, I don't have my knife. I grab my other bullet out of my pocket And I'm sitting there with my gun in the air, like (laughs) sticking a bullet in the barrel, trying to get the other bullet out. And I finally get it out. And they're like kind of, you know, they're still there. And I've managed to get it cocked again. And you know, when you hit the, uh, uh, there's a button that pushes the bolt bolt carrier group forward. Yeah. Yeah. So I hit that and it's like, and they're like, they're all at 20, like eight of them. I've heard this shot. I've heard that time before. (laughs) Yeah. So I get on them this time and I'm like, yeah, I got you this time. And I look, there's a bullet, uh, there's a firing pin mark in my first bullet. So I'm like, that's not a good sign. Uh, so I load another one up and they're at 20 again. And I'm, like, Cling! I'm like, at this point, I'm starting to get pretty frustrated. They scatter at that point. I'm like, ah! <laughs> and they all mm-hmm. run off. And I'm like, dang it. So then they're out at like 40 or 50. And so I'm like, well, I can easily reload now. Like, it's fine. So I pull it out. I have a second set of ammo in my other pocket. Like, a, a new a nicer pair of ammo. So I grabbed that and I put four of those in the clip, put it in again, rack it again. And when one's at 40, I'm thinking, this is your time. It's you're done. Right. Kling! And so at this point, I'm about to throw my AR out of the tree.
1: Do you have the second angle girl pro looking at you? No, huh? you no. D- are you saying that? Are you just saying that? No, I really don't. I really don't. Cause I wish great, you did because I, I know, I know your ass went, <clears throat> i didn't didn't. um that's funny i
0: kind of wish i did have that so i took the the gun and i I don't have a strap on the gun and so i can't the only reason i'm not using my bow initially is because i don't have a strap on the gun so i can't put it on the hook and there's nowhere to Mm -hmm. put the gun so i take the gun and i put it between my feet I would have just and, threw it at that point. But like pissed yeah, off. I was thinking I'd thinking like,
1: it, it ain't going to go off anyway. Not, <laughs>
2: yeah. Or throwing that out the tree.
0: So I set it between my feet, like behind me in the platform. And I just grabbed my bow and I'm like, <sighs> let a deep breath out. And these does come back again. Like they all come back again. And there's one that looks at me there. You know, there's always one, seven of them or eight of them are sitting there. One of them has me dead to rights. Dead at 20. She's just staring at me. And,
1: and I'm you thinking, say it's you or nothing. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, and I'm thinking, and different no at the time. So I'm thinking, this one is you. I've got one with your name on it. Stand right there and I got you. So she's sitting there and she's about to stomp at me. And here comes another one out of the woods, just right in front of her. And I said, I didn't make this decision. She walked in front of her. So as the one behind her clears, I put it right on her shoulder. <laughs> And I mean, you saw the, uh, the story on where it hit her. It was a, about as pretty as it gets as far as shot placement right through both shoulders. She runs immediately Is ditch digging, like eating dirt. And she makes it 40 falls over flops. I'm like, awesome. So all the other does start blowing at her at this point. I'm thinking, do I try to get my rifle out again and see if I can plank another one? But I didn't. Um, they kind of scatter. Some went to the north. Some came back to the south. And this is a pretty, like, uh, narrow winter wheat field. And so they were coming back by to go back to the bedding. And there's another one standing out there at 37. Blowing at the one that I'd shot. And she comes back by. Shot her at 37. Hit her kind of higher on the shoulder. And dropped her. Shot her again. And then a third one. Higher on the
1: shoulder? Like that one you shot at Jesse's? Like, no, no. About right uh, there? No, <laughs> well, oh, oh, you mean the
0: eight point that I shot? At just yeah, the one that like just dropped. Maybe a little bit lower than that,
1: but yes, okay. in that in that area, yeah, somewhere in there. Because at um, first, that's where I thought Peyton hit his buck from this last weekend, and I was like, oh, well, that's weird. It didn't drop, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, it was a little
0: bit lower than that. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes you hit them in some spots and they just drop like in the shoulder or stuff, they just drop. I don't know what that is. Yeah, the head. I don't, I, I don't know why.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So I hit that one at 37. The third one, a third one, the big mature nanny, the, the first time I told you that I plinked and she was trying to blow at me. She starts to come back and there's one limb in between me and her. I'm like, take one more step and I'm going to like, light this one up too. And she, she turns around and blows and runs off. So I got two. So on the weekend I missed one. And then my gun misfired three times and I
1: shot two. So mm. I
0: was two for six. And when you think about it, that's not bad. That's 33% <laughs> from the field.
1: That's not bad, and that's also, that's also why gun hunting is too easy, right? <laughs> that's what I was telling Jake. Uh, I said... <laughs> Karma's not- going to come back and, and, and bite every single one of us. I can promise you that. <laughs> like, the one time we're going to use a crossbow or something like that,
0: <laughs> there's going <gonna> <laughs> to be a
1: 170, and then the limbs are just going to snap on us and be like, not today. Sure. Remember well, that seemed- time?
0: It makes me mad because I shot the gun the weekend before at the range like 20 times and then I get it out in the cold and it like plinks three times.
2: Plink, plink, plink. Just it could have been too because you're trying to be quiet on those guns, dude. Just like a shotgun, you can't like push that lever forward and hold it. You're like, oh, it's jumping up on mm. a pawn. You, know? you can't push that lever and try to hold it and it goes softly. You got to hit that button and let that some freaking gun close.
0: And I did on the last couple times because I was just thinking, I don't care, I'll scare them off. But
1: I'm I, this yeah. gun's gonna go off, and so yeah, I hit that bolt carrier
2: as they're running.
1: Yeah. So, so basically, you're not going to use that gun in a home defense unless your your temperature set up to above seventy or what? No, I will.
2: <laughs> I'll Robert breaks the, in.
1: You're like, hold on. <laughs> All right. Let's go. <laughs> I'm gonna grab the end of the More barrel,
2: than the receiver of it.
0: I'm gonna grab the end Come of the barrel on, and- baby and I'm gonna beat him to death with it as a club. That's my only <laughs> shot. I'm about to call radical firearms and be like, dude, this thing didn't go off three times. What the hell's wrong
1: with it? Honestly, um, what I would do is I would keep that little uh Ballistia crossbow in your nightstand. And dude, if I was a robber and I seen someone with a handheld like like a handgun crossbow, <laughs> I would be psycho. like, dude, here's my money.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah.
1: That that little crossbow is a heck of
0: a home defense. No, what's funny is when I got the box of the ballista crossbow, we have this little pistol one that we're gonna use for bow fishing and stuff. It uh it says home it says self-defense on the box. No, and I'm it does sit- not. It does. I'm sitting there thinking,
1: who thought this was a good idea? Like a guy walks in, you shoot him with a bolt that's like the size of a pencil, and he's like, To ah! be fair, a toddler could like pull that that uh what do you oh, call yeah. that? I don't know what it's called—a drawstring. Yeah, yeah. A toddler can pull that back. So, like, it would be easy to like load it, probably. <laughs> but the thing is, like, imagine if like your bow fishing reel was was hooked up, and like you you stuck a dude like like a robber with that bow fishing thing. You're like, hold on a second, <laughs> sir.
0: <laughs> We're calling yeah, the top get you on you, back here.
3: <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It was a good weekend. It was a it was a high and a low weekend. Can um, y'all
1: hear this right here?
0: yeah okay well that's unfortunate
1: um okay.
0: it's a high and a low weekend but on the bright side carol's buck showing back up again so i really do think that he'll get a opportunity at him again are you gonna try really to do.
1: try to take vengeance on him carol
2: won't be until after christmas i'm we'll booked let, up yeah, till given christmas.
1: well i have confidence in you i mean uh I know you said at the beginning of the year, it would just wasn't your year after, after the paddle situation. And then I, I was feeling really bad for you after, after you sent me the, the, the footage of that one. I was like, damn, like maybe he's right. Like at first I just thought you were being, you know, like down in the dumps about it, but I was like, maybe he just, maybe he knows something we don't know. I don't know. But Dude, before I mean,
2: paddles when I got my house got broken into, I was like, we're going to do this this year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> didn't you say they took your sick beanie and your and your gloves
2: yeah they got me they could have got me a lot worse but they hit me where it hurt
3: <laughs> i think this is the last week is what
2: i was most pissed off about because i'm out there windy i'm like i'm freaking cold dude of course <laughs> they stole the they stole no they left the camera so i can record and all that have to deal <laughs> with that but by god they stole everything to keep me warm so that's awesome
1: they were stealing just just what would inconvenient you the most they're like <clears> mm, <throat> we don't really need a camera uh
2: yeah, yeah. Let's grab the skater over here.
0: Get his <laughs> gloves. Get his gloves.
2: Yeah, leave the release. He sucks, anyways. Leave the release. <laughs> Take the release out of the bag. Grab a stick. Grab a stick. So he can't climb a tree. <laughs> He's got <laughs> the platform. The platform. He can't climb the tree. Grab the sticks. <laughs> they mm-hmm. stole your sticks. I can't believe that. Yeah, took the platform off, but they stole the sticks.
1: You know, those guys are like, "What even is this?" They didn't <laughs> know what the platform was.
3: Yeah,
0: is this a metal seat? <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, it's, you. it's heavy. It's heavy. <laughs> Can it's you imagine guys running with your hawk sticks through the through the neighborhood?
2: They're, I bet their first thing is like, "This son of a gun walks with a fifty pound bag in the woods to go." Honey's out of his mind.
1: Oh, they respected you and brought all your stuff back. So they that's probably that's... couldn't have formulated that sentence. They're just like,
3: "Oh uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: we take this on chop."
3: I hate to Go like on the pawn
0: dude. shop and find your hawk sticks for 20 bucks.
2: Yeah, probably, dude. Piss me off. Oh, piss me off. Because I'm like, well, no, nah, I can't even climb a tree. So
1: <laughs> oh, you can, that's you awesome. a bear hug that sucker up it, you know what I mean? How, how, how devoted are you, Carol?
2: How devoted has in like uh, to go from- kill
1: that deer right now or like after Christmas, after after the holidays.
2: I mean, after Christmas, I'm going to get out there as much as I can. Um, you know, that's one of those things that, hey, you know, December 26th, I'm going to try to go that week, but if not, it'll have to wait to that weekend. I mean, at, it, it's at the holiday season time now to where I'm like, I've had plenty of time to hunt and get the job done, but now other stuff is, is coming up, so I just don't have the time.
1: No, I hear you. Uh, I think you need to wait till January because I don't think any of us here have, have killed like a January bug and – I think you need to. Uh, we're limited on the time, dashboard.
2: man. I think he's with that, with that, whatever he's got, and he's losing weight rapidly. I need to get out there and get it done ASAP. So,
0: yeah, you can see his ribs now, and as you saw the first video, there were no ribs to be seen.
1: Well, keep that corn feeder full. He'll he'll be coming. He's gonna be Speak. coming.
2: Yeah. All right, boys. What what else? What else you got? Any more brain busters, Dave?
1: I think that wraps it up. What about one. you?
2: I got one last question for you. What's your plan for the rest of the
1: year? Well, I'm about like you on the, uh, on the family situation. Uh, I mean, if you're going to bring up my, tra- my childhood trauma, my parents are divorced. And so now we have to go to at least. Oh, three or four Thanksgivings, get, like, Christmases. Exactly. But <laughs> we got to run all over the place. But, uh, but yeah, Carol, thanks for bringing that up. That was a hard time in my life.
2: Good. Hey, I do it again. Great. <laughs> Make sure to bring it up next podcast too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It stinks because we sit here and talk about oh we got till January fifteenth, but you do, but you don't. So
1: yeah, I think that too, and I'm like oh it's almost 2024. Like that's that's how much time's like flying by. I'm like I thought it was just now 2023, but here we are.
2: The good thing is is here in what ten days, New Year, New Me. So,
1: but guess what? Guess what? You know it doesn't change. What? Out on the limb discount code. Like they still sell great products, and uh, hello. Just in time, maybe a little late for Christmas after hearing this, but uh, you can save what is it, ten or fifteen percent? It's ten, ten percent.
0: You're nailing this.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I tried, and then I was like, now I really got to sell some stuff. But yet, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's H- it too late H- H- Christmas H- job.
2: H- I did my Christmas shopping today, and I still got t- more to do tomorrow. I Express to shipping.
1: But uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Have you seen that uh, Facebook post that said, "Guys, it's about time. It's about time to start thinking about Christmas shopping. Don't go yet, but start thinking about it." It was like <laughs> yesterday. That it's was like literally one. me right now. But uh. yeah, yeah. If you guys do need a last minute holiday gift that won't arrive before the twenty fifth, out at LM uh, MFG.com. uh you can use code HNTA ten for ten percent off, and then the same. Uh, at Exodus Outdoor Gear, we get a little bit better discount. We get fifteen percent off uh, with code HA fifteen if you want to get a trail camera. And Exodus got some exciting stuff uh, coming up. They just trail at, cameras no, either.
1: It's nope. it's arrows and everything, arrows apparel, uh,
0: solar panels, memory cards, all that good stuff. So
2: yeah, guys, trail cameras that work. You know, from uh, what is it, June to December so far. So dude, we have trail cameras, good. trail cameras that work and stay working.
0: We experience. have a camera that is running on batteries, eight batteries that didn't have 16 has eight batteries and it's still like full. And we've had it out on video mode all
1: year, it's six months. So does it get very much action during uh, it?
0: Not as much anymore, but like,
1: right. Real, but that's kind of late season stuff, but yeah, uh,
0: it was during the season. It was getting a lot like really during the peak of the season. There was a lot of videos coming through in that thing. Um, so, I'm impressed with that. But
1: mine's full, but I've probably taken four butt pictures this whole this whole time. So
0: <laughs> you're like the battery life on these things are insane. <laughs> Impeccable. <laughs> my my camera lasted two years on just on battery. <laughs> it really will. That's awesome. No, good. Well, uh, this will be the last podcast we do before Christmas. So I hope everybody has a great Christmas, Christmas Eve. Uh spend some time with their family.
1: All right. Merry Christmas.
2: Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas!
0: that made me want to break both my legs listen you said that (laughs) I hope you guys have a great Christmas and I hope everybody gets uh, that new bow or uh, that $1,200 hat that you've been looking for and remember it is the
1: reason for the season and just know that Jesus loves you that's right and we'll catch you guys in the next one bye